0: Yo, Pete, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yo, DJ Ben Hameen, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yo, Marley Ma, you ready? i tell y'all all one thing. I don't care who first or who last, but y'all
1: niggas better get ready. Get ready
2: for combat. No get ready for combat. Get
3: ready for
0: combat. Hey, Yo, Internets, you are tuned in to The Combat Jack Show, the thecombatjackshow.com. And we got... The legendary Marley Mall in the building. What's up, Marley? What up, what up?
1: What's going on? Yo, Marley, it's good to see you, man. It's real good to see you, man. I, I, I got to just say, man, we starting this off. I just got to commend you because, you know, I've seen you come a real long way, and I just got to commend you on how many hats you worn in the business and how you freaked it into so many different luxurious Lovely things such as the Combat Jack yeah. show, man. I've seen you, man. My eyes on you, man.
0: Now, nah, thank you, Marley. <laughs> Thanks so you much. You know man. I know you forever, man. I know. I, I, I remember, I, I, when I started at Def Jam right. is when I first seen you, man. But we'll get to that, man. That's what's up. You know, um, I talk a lot about, you know, I, I don't like to stay stuck in the era. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good to be current. No doubt. But one of the things that that when these conversations come up, when you hear conversations about the Dr. Dre's, right. when you hear the conversations about the Pharrell's right. and the Kanye's, right. you know what I'm saying, and, and the Jermaine Dupri's, yes. I'm like, where the fuck is Marley at? You know yeah. say, why don't motherfuckers talk about you mm. like you're the legend you are? And what I mean by legends is I don't talk about motherfuckers that just produced right. great records, no doubt. which you did. No doubt. I'm talking about cats that also shifted the culture cats right. that change the game and you got a couple of those under your belt man that's what's up that's you got a up. couple of those on your belt. Cup- that's what i'm here for
1: that was god's plan for me you know what i'm saying i mean you might not hear my name with you know the, the some of the people that you spoke about but i think that god had a certain plan for me and he put me right where he wanted me to be you know sometimes it takes uh, a person to come to earth to, to to move people forward because people will get stuck and i've i've accepted that I've accepted that role of moving people forward. I, I accepted that role in life, brother.
0: So, so God initially put you in Queens, right? You was born in Queens. Queens, that's right. QB. And you, I remember listening to one of your earlier interviews where you said that your family had been in QB for like gener, like for forty years, right? Oh
1: yeah, for for sure, for sure. We've been there. Matter of fact, my family was in, in QB before me. Right? They was out there before I was born. And when I was born, guess what? We went to a new apartment in, in QB. Right. So before I was out, you know, before I was, it came out of my mom's, they was already out there. You know what I mean?
0: Now, what was your early recollections of QB, man?
1: My early recollections of QB was, it was like a family place. Um, You know, it was like really family oriented. Everybody knew everybody's moms. And, you know, somebody else's moms could, could scold you if you was doing wrong. You know, it was like a lot of bands in Queens. It was always like... So entertainment you know ran because you know there's, a, there's so many bands before hip-hop
0: right music bands
1: yeah music bands was doing their thing so you know a lot of cats had early successes so me as a kid my early thing in Queensbridge was was watching those early cats that was out before me hearing their songs on the radio and then wishing to be like them
0: who was inspiring you back then man okay you know we got Bernard Fowler from the New York City Peach Boys yes no. you know what I didn't know the Peach Boys yeah came from QB. Be. No doubt, no doubt. Because I, I used to be a big garage head, man. Don't make me wait, wait. Another, another night. night. See? That that kid
1: right there is from QB. Okay. He comes from a very, very talented family called the Fowlers, and they actually lived in, in Havoc's building over Havoc. Wow. So Havoc was, you know, inspired by me living in the next building playing music out the window where his uncle used to counter play music against my music. So oh, that's it, crazy. It was, it was like one of those things on okay. the block. So. Um, let's see, uh, was Bernard Fowler. We got, um, um, uh, Andre Booth. Yeah, we got Andre Booth. He okay. made a lot of records with Arthur Baker. He actually introduced me to Arthur Baker and that's wow. how my career went.
0: And Arthur Baker was like a big, like club, dude, yes. like, like Africa Bambada. Right. And, and, right.
1: right. Arthur Baker was, the, um, the big producer back in the day. And you know, they also had, um, Daryl Payne. There was a guy named Daryl Payne. He wrote like the cinnamon records. Thanks to you. Okay. Um, it was, it it was, he wrote about a good 20, 20 of those disco records back in the day. And he lived on my block and, you know, and these are people I used to look up to like, wow, these guys is on the radio. They're like giants to me. So me being a DJ, you know, I was like, wow, you know, maybe one day I could be like that. So one day I got hooked up with the bands in Queensbridge. That's how I became a producer. How'd you get hooked up? Um, I was out in the park playing my music. The band was down one end is like toward the end of the band era. And I was playing my DJ music down the other side. I had the crowd. So I went down there. I was like, look, I'm about to take a break. You know, nobody really down here. Y'all come and plug into my system. Maybe somebody can hear y'all louder. Oh, cool. So they came and did it. And the crowd was receptive and it was dope. Next thing you know, the musicians started coming to my house after I let them plug in. And now I'm learning how to make them sound good through a board and how to bass, you know, to make a drum set and to make the bass sound good. I'm learning how to be a producer not knowing what I'm Learning right. how to do. Right, right, right. And that's what that was the beginning.
0: Now, at the time, was your name Marvelous Marlin, the magical mixer of disco sounds? Yes,
1: it was. <laughs> that was your name, yes, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Marvelous Marlin, the magical mixer of disco sounds. And, you know, I was so broke at that point when I did my first party. I had to wear my sister's, I had my sister's jacket on in, mm. in the flyer. It's mm. crazy.
0: So when did you make the shift from Marvelous Marlin to... Marley Ma, how did that happen?
1: Man? Well, you know, one day we was DJing in the park. and I had a crew called the um, Sure Shot Crew in Queensbridge. Now I had seven MCs. Uh, don't ask me why you never heard no records from them because when by, by the time I started making records, they was good in the park, but they just couldn't make records. The right. only person good at a crew that was able to make records that came with me was Dimples D. Right. But you know, I had seven MCs, and one of the MCs' name was um rapper Bashan. One day he said, Marley Ma disco beat seven MCs that are rocky to your knees with a knickknack knack I was like whoa, whoa, who he rhyming about that's you Marley Marle. Oh, so I, he just, he just, trun- he just yeah. truncated
0: your whole he shit he just
1: truncated it down and and, and made he, he threw the name out in the atmosphere the next rhyme was "Um, Miss Shirley had a baby she claiming to be a star when Marley came out with two pioneers they named her Marley Mar so I he went, was just
0: throwing it at you I they like, was just throwing it at you that, that, that name is hot now did you did you always foresee you being in the, in the music industry? Did you always mm. foresee yourself as being in the industry?
1: Nah, because you know, to be honest, I didn't, I wasn't doing none of this to be in the music industry. I was doing this for my DJing, right? You know, my DJ abilities. As me being a DJ still to this day, I always wanted to be different. You know, while people were playing this version or this of it, I wanted a different version. So, oh, when Marley Rock. Only he got that one, right? So I know, you know, you know. That's how I always wanted to be. So I was always the DJ that would want to make my own records, my own version of something. My first, you know, my first records were never meant to be records. You got to really think of it. it's like Sucker DJs was like a remix for me. Sucker MCs. So I made Sucker DJs. So how, when I DJ, I'm gonna play Sucker DJs while your other DJs can play Sucker MCs. You
0: know what, Ben? How many play Sucker DJs for a minute, man?
1: That's for real. And you know, by me doing that. I wanted to be able to have my own version when I went out and, you know, DJed, and that was never supposed to be a record, but Arthur Baker heard it. And
4: there it goes I was a the that was your first record Dipo
3: that
0: was Steve. my first record you heard sucker mcs run DMC that's right and,
1: and and I want to make my own version and instead of having guys talking about sucker MCs, I would have a girl talk about sucker DJs. So, you know, it was just something I wanted to play when I went to the, um, you know, when I was DJing. Right. And I never meant for it to be a record.
0: How did it get picked up?
1: Andre Booth let Arthur Baker hear it. Right. Arthur Baker went crazy. And that was my first record. It wasn't even meant to be a record. I didn't do this to be in it like that. Right. It just happened.
0: Now, now, how did it get, like, was he working with Tough City? Like, what was the relationship between you and Tough City at the time?
1: Um, Tough City with Aaron Fuchs. Aaron Fuchs was a, he used to own Tough City, which was, like, two blocks away from Queensbridge, actually. Tough City was on, on Vernon Boulevard, and Queensbridge, my, my block, was on Vernon Boulevard. So it was, like, two blocks away. And I used to always see that address on, on Funky Records. And one day I just walked down there and met him. Whoa, this is the record company. Wow, it was like some office, some sloppy office here down the street and shit. <laughs> who, who was Dimples D, man? Who was Dimples D? A Dimples D was a young girl that um, she was in my short sure shot crew. Okay, like I said, I had seven MCs. She was one of the seven, and she was one of the seven. Right. Um, and she's you know she was one of the ones that, you know, she was one of the one of the good ones out of, out of the seven. Um, me and her, we made that as a demo. We got really famous off of it really quick. Because next thing you know, it's a, it's a record. Now it's playing on Kiss FM. Before I even got on the radio, that's crazy. It's playing on Kiss FM. That's I didn't know crazy. nothing about radio. Right. I woke up one Saturday, and somebody was walking through the block blasting it, and I just ran out my house like in my pajamas, whatever I had on. Yeah, how'd you get that? It's like yo, it's
3: on the radio. What you talking I did, about? I didn't jack you, B. Right, right That's
1: what I'm saying. You know, it was on the radio. It was on Kiss FM. I was like, wow. So, you know, um, Dimples D was a girl from Queensbridge. That was in my group. That you know, when we made my demos of my groups before I got famous, she stood out. Wow! And she was one of the standouts. That's
0: crazy. Now, before you did hip hop, man, I want to I want to play one of your earlier influences, man. Play that first record. Now.
1: That.
5: this shit was hot
1: too was it you know what intrigued me about this type of music what intrigued me about the music is the timing how it's like computer driven and you know as a kid you know since the Queensridge i was brought up to music by bands right so when, when i heard electronic music it blew me away to hear and
0: you were like initially you were yeah. like, a, like like that was your main thing of
1: course yeah that's right. what got me into producing Giorgio Giorgio Moroda. if it was no Giorgio Moroda, it probably would be no Marley Mall really yeah because that's what I used to do first my first recordings my first um, studio sessions my first everything you know, was electronic music. You got to think, I was an intern at, at Unique Studio mm. during AEIOU. Right. And all the John Roby stuff. Right. Arthur Baker stuff. So, yo, I, I was, yo, I had triggers on the brain, Duke.
0: <laughs> 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 now, how different would Marley Marl have been mm. if he didn't do hip hop, man?
1: I don't know. what. How different would hip hop be right. if Marley mm. Marl mm. didn't do hip hop? That's a good question, like man.
0: You know what I'm saying? That's a good question, yeah, man. could go
1: either way, but, right. uh, you know, I was... I was really full-fledged. I mean, uh, um, I was really into electronic music. But but it, it helped me out because that was my edge over people in hip-hop because being a DJ and being in, into electronica and, and going into hip-hop slowly, everybody that was a DJ that was into hip-hop was into fast mixing. See, that's what they was chasing. They was chasing the scratch back and the spin back and the, the tricks on the turntables. Yeah. And I always looked at that. It was cool. But it wasn't making no money, right? You know, because I wanted to be. If you wanted to do all that scratching and stuff, scratch my shit. Yeah, do that with my shit. Right. So I had to start. I, I decided to start making DJ tools, tools for DJs. If you notice, in the um, in the late '80s, most of the DMC competitions, they was cutting up our shit, right? You know, they was cutting up my shit, right? Because it was. You know, tools for DJs. tools for all DJs. day, all day. Yeah. That, that was that was the shit.
0: That's crazy. Now you started producing because you like you started producing hip hop because mm-hmm. you kind of got fed up with the rap music that was out at the time.
1: Yep, because you know I was already a, a, an electronic producer. I made that demo with Dimples D, and right. and rap started pulling me in. Right, I wasn't. I was to be honest. Y'all gonna laugh. <laughs> I've never said this on any interview, so you're you having a real exclusive. exclusive right. When I first heard the, fr- the first rap records, I thought it wasn't going nowhere. So like Sugar Hill Gang? Uh, yeah. When I started hearing the first rap records, right. I was like, yo, this ain't going nowhere. Right. It's garbage. Yeah. Because the records weren't good. Right. And they had a good idea, but they wasn't the best records that they could be.
0: You know, I'm, I'm glad you said that, man, because I remember there was a time right after like the first like rap records explosion uh-huh. where every record just sounded horrible. Yeah. Dude. It, it was, was just, it was just monotonous motherfuckers was trying B- to be B- LL. It wasn't, it wasn't just you. It was just bad. <laughs> right. And then Chuck chill out would fucking cut the shit a million times. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Dude,
1: it was a, it was a bad time. Right. And you know, um, that's when I decided to to take my skills because I was, I was Mr. Magic's DJ. Right, you got to think of it. I just had um sucker DJs out my only joint out at the time, so I had to play everything else that was out. Right, being his DJ on the radio, so you know, I you know, I would connect them and do what best I could. But later on, I decided that I want to take my skills from electronica and put it into hip hop because you know I've seen them sample vocals and I already had the the trick on 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 drum sampling. So I just brought that to hip-hop. Right. And the rest became history. How did you meet Magic? Well, I met Mr. Magic, it was definitely through, um, I met Mr. Magic basically through Dr. Bob Lee. Right. You know, Dr. Bob Lee, you, you know, he's like the, I would call him the, like our local DJ hero from Queensbridge. You know, we had a lot of DJs in Queensbridge, but they was like street DJs and doing the street thing, which was cool, but he went to college. Mm. He went to NYT. So he he took us to the, you know, over the NYT. So, you know, I was like, wow, this, you know, he took me to my first radio station which was the New York Institute of Technology. I'm looking around like, wow, this is a real radio station. This is so, official. So Bob Lee introduced me to, to Mr. Magic while they both used to do the Juice Mobile back in the day.
0: Now respect to the dead, but but yeah. I hear mister Mr. Magic was kind of like an asshole.
1: Yeah, Mr. Magic was unruly, I could say.
0: Like like <laughs> how mean, so, man?
1: Like, like, uh, for instance, if we all walked in the room and he didn't know you, and he, you know, in front of everybody, like, who that motherfucker right there, <laughs>
0: out in the open like out,
1: that, out in the open, who that motherfucker, and what, you know, he say maybe say something about something you wearing and make everybody laugh, and, and you are not like him or something like that. He was kind of unruly, and you know, it, it, it's it's so weird because the whole Juice Crew battle, is because of his unruliness. Of, of course, you know, we would have never had that battle if he wasn't that rude, right. To Takaris one and Scott LaRock that night and you know and the funny thing I never knew why they had such animosity toward us for all these years like yo who are these motherfuckers man yo we we the juice crew who's man. the BDP cats yo, yo who are you man we right. the juice crew nigga <laughs> right now we smashing this shit nigga Then right. you see the album cover nigga we stand in front of Learjet nigga what <laughs> you get what I'm saying but who are you to say we suck I was like I never understood who, the, who they was Right. then one day I saw his bio so who? I saw Karis one's bio Right. and I was like I'm reading it and he said it all started one day at Powerplay Studio Mr. Magic this that demo and I said to myself come on man I was with Mr. Magic like 99.9% of the time in them days I don't remember him I don't th- remember that shit Right. hold up Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> then I started remembering. Yes, right. I remember one day, the day I lost my drum sound. That's why I lost my drum sound.
0: And I want to get to that.
4: Yeah.
1: That was the actual day because I was trying to get the fuck up out of the studio. He was so rude to them. Right. So- he, they were so happy. Yo, Mr. Magic, Mr. Magic, oh please listen to that demo. Please listen to Yeah, they was they was Do you remember what the demo even was or Nigga, it was it was none of that shit they came out with. Right. I'll tell you that. It was some early, <laughs> early you it was some put, early happy fu- shit. <laughs> I'll shit. I'll tell you what shit. I'll tell you what I've never heard that shit again. Right.
0: <laughs> Nobody did.
1: But um to be honest, um so yo, know, they were so happy. You know, you gotta think this is like this is like Dick Clark is next door. Right. You this is like our hip hop. Yo, this th- is the this is the Mr. Magic is the real yeah. voice of the street. Yeah, so he was next door in the studio. We was working on bite this. I remember clearly what I was working on in the next room. So, yo, please come listen, please. He's, like, sucking his teeth. Man, 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 I'll be in there in, like, five minutes, man. Your niggas better be ready, too. All right. Thank you, Mr. Man. And they walk all out. I'm like, God damn. Is he the wizard? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, so I was like, yeah, your mom, man, come with me in this room. He's like, listen, to these niggas shit. I was like, all right, come cool. like, Here I go. Just a skinny intern. All right, man, here we go. I'm just walking behind him. There we go. We walk in the room. All right, put on that shit, niggas. He's standing in the middle, jewelry draping and shit. <laughs> probably sweating cause what he was you know what I'm saying now they throw on the shit everybody in the room starts bumping and jumping around bumping and bopping all of a sudden they looking at magic he ain't he ain't budging this nigga just looking at them like they crazy mad he's mad right yeah. <laughs> he's looking at them like the, like he crazy like he said hold up hold up nigga stumbles stumbles across the room fucking goes at a big knob on the SSL turn that shit down and like you hear the echo just you know when you're in a, in a room and it's loud and just get silent. Yeah. Yo, man, that shit is bullshit. Damn. Straight, yo, he ain't know none of these
4: No,
0: Now, now was, it, was it Scott and KRS and D-Nice? Or you it don't was even... Scott, KRS,
1: and about five other, six other goonies. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it was, it, yo, it could have been on like the flash of a fucking light switch. Right. He's like, yo, stop that shit. Yo, that shit is Bullshit! Fuck! Yo, in front of these niggas, man, you couldn't be nice about it. I know, right? Like, yo, yo, <laughs> yeah, yo, cool, I, take my my car yeah. Me take my card. Call me to my car, and Call. <laughs> me. You see this? Like, All right, man. You know, and then get out the room. You're some bullshit, man. When them niggas, you know, he could have did that. That nigga, right. was, he, was, he was. He was. That was him. You cut that shit off, man. So,
0: so y'all really created like the fucking BDP, like, like really, yeah. yeah. And then what you were saying earlier, he dissed them so hard. That you thought there was gonna be some problems. Yo, right? let me let me let me finish the diss. Yes. you You'll understand. <laughs> it got worse. It got worse. Wait, it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> <Here's my
1: hom*>. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but real though? Then he's like he had the mean face, mean grilling all these in the motherfuckers. Yo, man, that shit's bullshit. You want real hip-hop? He pointed at motherfuckers, MC Shan, Marley Ma, cog- ranch- <laughs> Roxanne Shante, Mr. Magical. This shit is bullshit. And this nigga turned around, walked out, and slammed the door. He put his back to them. Yo, he put his back to them and walked out the door and slammed it. Now, I'm standing in the room.
0: <laughs> with these Bronx... With these, with with these, these yeah. dirty Bronx Yo, niggas. Yo, whatever it was. With, with their heart on their fucking yes. I, I guess, sneakers. I guess they couldn't... Re- before
1: before the beatdown started, they couldn't realize what happened. <laughs> right. They couldn't pick their hearts up quick enough to do something. Get what I'm saying? So... so now I'm stepping in. Now I'm the only one left in the room with these niggas. I, I'm like, like fumbling over like, yo, I, 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 I guess he didn't like it. <laughs> and I'm like fumbling getting the fuck out of the room. Because <laughs> we are trying to get out of yeah, there. Yeah, right I now. get the fuck out right. of there because that was rude. Right. So I get up in the other side. And then five minutes later, this nigga decide, yo, I'm getting the fuck out of the studio. I'm getting out of here, man. So he's like, start walking to the door. I'm like, yo, let me pack my I'm, shit. I'm, I'm, with fuck, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not staying up in this motherfucker. Right. What you just did to these niggas. So I'm like getting the fuck out of there too. So being hasty and running out, I forgot my reel. You forgot your reel. And and, and, and the way he dissed him was why everything happened. So it was like years later, right? Couple, couple. years later, that shit was like fucking next <laughs> that was like a few weeks later. A few weeks
0: later you hear this.
1: I said to myself, The drum sounds real familiar to me. I said to myself, those <laughs> drums sounds real familiar to me. So you
0: hear this, and yes. these niggas is going at you. At us. And this is the, at the time, this is the hardest. Yes. Rec- this is the hardest diss yeah. record yeah.
3: Yeah. of Period. all time. It's Period. the
0: hardest record. Period. Point blank. What, what's your first fuck, like before you even put two and new together, what are you thinking? Um, First of all,
1: I mean, I under I underestimated the rap, um, the rap, the rap fans at that point. Right. I could say right because when I first heard of them coming at us, I was like, "Ain't nobody gonna believe these fucking clowns." So I was I didn't even pay no attention to it. At first. I was like, "Come on!" Did man. you
0: think the record was hot?
1: Um, I didn't hear you know after South Bronx. I heard South Bronx, right? And I was like, "Well, who's gonna believe these motherfuckers?" Right. But when it came with Bridges Over, and it, and the sound so close to my shit. And then I realized, yo, these motherfuckers flipped my shit. Right. And right. it was confirmed by an engineer. So when I first heard it, I was like, yo, this shit sounds hot. It sounded like something I would have did. But that's dead wrong how they took my shit and, right. and flipped it back and came at us.
0: And then later on you found out that it was it, said G. It,
1: it, yeah, it was it was like um what they said um when I left the reel there, one of the engineers told me that said G found my reel and just started using started using those drum sounds on records. Then I started going back through the ultra magnetic records from after that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Are you so and so on that? <laughs> oh, shit. Are you so and on that? Oh, I okay, can't hear it. Now I started hearing all my, you know, all my, a lot of my elements, not in all the music, but I was saying some of the music. And then they did an
0: unreleased album. Man, it was my, all my drum sounds. So, man. so, <laughs> so in one, in, in magic. Yes. This and Young BDP. Yes. You put the fire. Right. Behind a young Karras one, right, right. and you accidentally created the sound that would be Ultramagnetics. There you go. Wow, that's fucking crazy, man. Wow, that's crazy, man.
3: <laughs> that's let's, like let's, that, let's let's wheel
0: it back a bit. <laughs> yeah. We gotta wheel it back. The drums woo. on bridges over is like oh yeah, my everything. It's <laughs> like
2: yeah. one of that the greatest. Boom,
1: boom, and all what? they did was put put my fucking reel in in, in twelve hundred and pitched it up one. Right, because oh. I went back and did. It. I was like, "Come on, man! They could have did it. Like I put it up, put a pitched it up one."
0: I was like, "Oh." Well, well, listen, Marley, I feel your pain, but at the same time, as a rap fan, yes. I gotta thank, thank you. you for that
3: shit, shit. I gotta thank you for Ultra
0: Magnetic, and
3: I gotta. And thank bridge you. is over. <laughs> bridge is over. Shit. My nigga. shit. <laughs> Yo. Okay, so
0: now I want to get to the point where. You know, we're talking about records. we talking about the atmosphere. Yeah. But let's really talk about why your name should be on one of the Mount Rushmore, on the Mount Rushmore no doubt. of hip-hop producers. No doubt. You bought drum sampling to hip-hop. To the game, yeah. You no bought doubt. it to the game. No doubt. Walk me, like I'm not a producer, so walk me and my listeners who don't really know about the technicalities of this shit Yeah. as to how you bought fire. You discovered fire in hip-hop.
1: Well, it's like, it, it is kind of like, Discovering fire for man, right? I could say it, it was like one of those moments when you, you know, when, when I was just actually trying to get something else and started running the snare of what I was trying to get along with the beat and told the engineer turn that snare down. Let me rock this and let me hear. And it sounded so funky, and he looking at me like I was crazy, and I'm like, "Yo, you know what's
3: going on?"
1: He's looking. Yes, yeah, playing that along. The- no, no, no. I could get any drum sound from any record that people in hip-hop love. And I could you can take, isolate yeah, the drum sound. I could just take the kicks, the snares, and make my own patterns. Right. Come on, man. That's that's crazy. So you're taking the drums. The kick and the snares. And like, then you cat. are re- v- yeah rep- made my own patterns Right. cuz before this it was all just straight loops and all, um, it wasn't even loops yet not even loop shit i brought loops to the to the fraction and was nobody Come doing that how
0: did you bring loops to the fraction
1: um because i re- realized that there's a a beginning and an end to a sample <laughs> right <laughs> and if i
0: connect them it will never end so you bought loop sampling and you brought beat sampling to the game of course and without you where the fuck would hip hop be? I I don't know.
5: Wouldn't be. Hated. Would
0: anybody yeah. be doing that shit right now?
1: It, I mean, it, I, I hope it wouldn't be like how hip hop started right.
0: out. Uh, hip hop would be dead, right? Uh, <laughs> that's that's like kind of
1: like that's why in the beginning of hip hop, that's why people said it was it wouldn't won't last, right? Because the music the the music was so bad, the the songs were bad, bad records,
0: no good. So I should have gone, Oh,
1: that ain't gonna
0: last. I was one of the people. I thought it wasn't last gonna last neither. Hey, yo, internet's. Mark this shit down. There was PM hip hop and there was AM hip hop. Pre Marley mm. and after mm. Marley. Mm. And you motherfuckers is making money on the after Marley period. Mm. Y'all respect this man right here. Mm. Respect. I'm so hyped right now, Marley. Mm. Yeah. PM. I like
1: that. Pre Marley, after Marley. Yeah. PM, PM. and
0: AM. Ooh, you motherfuckers I like that. got it twisted.
1: Ooh, so I like listen, that. So listen,
0: listen. I want to go back to another moment. Okay when you change music sonically okay you discovered a young MC mm. whose flow was nothing we ever heard of before and then this is what you created I have to say this is like one of my favorite songs ever okay
1: Cigar. I'm letting now be born and my name's the R. A.K.I.M. not like the rest of them. I'm not on the list.
0: That's what I'm saying. I drop eyes like a scientist. My LED's in the nigger, yeah, my, my like nigger, what <laughs> drugs was y'all smoking, burning, <laughs> snorting, ingesting? What the fuck, B?
1: You know what it was? We're was drinking that Q- that QB water, man. What's QB water, man? It's right after the yeah, right after force you got to stick your hand on okay. stick your hand on the faucet and it's put your mouth up, up to your water. hand, right, right. something in the water. It's right. like that. It's a QB water, man. You
0: know that's like like we take that record for granted. Oh, mm-hmm. But when I first heard it, Nick, we like I, niggas was speechless. Mm. You you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like almost I want to say like to bring it up a little bit. Uh-huh. It's like the first time niggas heard The Chronic.
1: Got you. Mm-hmm. It
0: was something that your ears had never heard before. and You had to reprogram your whole brain and your whole essence. Yes. To like that's what that's what that record was, man. One hundred
1: percent. Because when I first made it, I
0: didn't love it like that. Right. I
1: didn't love it like that until after the fact. Because when I first made it, you got to think I was already doing demos with Big Daddy Kane. I was already doing demos with Coogee Rap. You know, it's a demo, so you know we we was a little hyped faster. We fast. was hyped. Right. It was ex- every time Kane would come, he would press the envelope. So. Now here come Rakim and I make this with him.
0: How did you meet Rakim, man?
1: Rakim was through definitely through um, Eric B. Eric okay. B. used to be my roommate. Okay. Up at up at in, Q, in QB. Right. He he rocked with me for a minute and he used to see people come through all the time.
0: What kind of cat is Eric B. man? Cool cat. Cool cat. He always I mean, seems scary, man.
1: Nah, cool cat. Cool cat, man. I mean, we go way back, before, way before music. Right. You know. You grow
0: you grew up with Eric, man.
1: I ain't grow up with him, but he he grew up with me. Okay. I put it like that. Right. But um,
0: so he was telling you, he, I
1: got this MC. out of here. He said, "Yo, um, you know, I see cats come through, so I want to bring somebody through too in the studio." So I was like, "Bet." So he was taking meetings one day, and I heard that one of the meetings, one of the meetings that didn't show up the day before Rakim, he was supposed to meet with um Freddie Fox. Okay, that's what I heard. You know, Freddie Fox supposed to come, and Freddie didn't show up. And I was like, "Yo, yo, e, where you do that? Y'all got somebody coming tomorrow. Don't worry." And then Rakim came, and we made my melody, and, you know.
0: First since... time you heard Rakim rap, though.
1: Oh, the tone was incredible. What,
0: what like, because no, like, we, back then it was like, you, you know, know, either you had these new generation of cats that was like, you know, spitting real fast, or you like, had the, huh, I will, huh, huh, huh. so you hear Rakim, and what are you thinking, man?
1: I, f- I felt that, to be honest, I had a real corny mic. You can hear it on the record that the mic was really fucked up. Lo-fi, um, yeah. It was like it was like no 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 cover. It was a short mic like this, but no cover on the top, no ball on the top. Right. So we had to put our hand on it like this. That's why <laughs> he sound like that on the record.
3: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, when I first heard his voice, I, I felt really different. That it was different. That's why I wanted to bring him up on something just a little bit more energy, like Eric B.'s President. Right. The second joint we made the next day. You know, but you know, I I wanted to bring him up on something a little, you more, know, up tempo. Yeah, a little more up tempo. So you didn't think
0: you didn't think my melody was gonna fly.
1: Um, I didn't think it was gonna fly like it did. It right. wasn't my favorite record. Right. It wasn't my because most because it was kind of like a
4: downer. Yeah, it was
1: a downer. It was right. so different from what I, we was doing in the studio. So it was like a listening joint, and it, it was really long too. So you know, Molly, Ma, Times. That's like seven minutes into the record. So you was too close to the record. I was um, very close, and you know, I was one of those engineers. You gotta, you gotta think. At that point, I was popping out two, three records a day. Right. You, you get what I'm saying? You come through, you sit down, you get, yeah, boop, next. You come through, you sit down, you get through, boop, boop, next. So for the energy of what we was doing, oh, he, it
0: was that shit was work. That shit was, yeah. like,
1: oh. Right, right. So that's why I was like, look, let's let's do something else with him. Let's do something else. B was Eric B was like, yo, you know, I always like over like a fat rat. All right, and and uh, okay and funky president but that it doesn't mix so right. maybe i could replay that over the beat or you know make it make it up and that's how i remade it up real yo, quick
0: yo i remember being at jones beach that summer woo and they was playing whatever they was playing all those other bad records mm. but when they put on my melody mm. the whole, it was like the, it was jones beach mm. it was just black bodies mm. chicks and dudes we was all doing the wop mm. on the on the melody shit. Two thousand whoppers. Yo,
5: it was crazy, <laughs> man. No Birdie King. Burger. But, but, but
0: did you realize at the time also Hashtag. that that this motherfucker, even though he had a different flow, right, would be be considered arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time. Of course, you knew that. At no the
1: time. doubt. No doubt. I, I knew that something was coming. Right. I knew something was different. But I also knew that Kane was coming. So, you know, I, I knew that was happening, but we had something in our back pocket too. Right.
0: So so Kane was like, you know, you're good. Right. And and I want to get back to that, man. Right. Um, I know later on, man, it was some kind of some controversy between who really produced those records. Was mm-hmm. it you or was it Eric B. What was that about,
4: man?
1: Um, well, Eric B Eric B how could I say Eric B at that time, he would tell me like, yo, I, I like so and so, so and so now if if you do it, it's gonna sound like something you did after the fact. Right. So he's giving you ideas. Right. So I'm like, you know, I'm putting it together, chopping it up, and replaying stuff, and you know, making it what it is. Right. You know, so for those two records, I could say if if I didn't produce them, the other records would sound like those. Right. That's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's all I can say with everything. Right. If I didn't produce nothing with my name on it the next the next batch of whoever
0: did it should sound like that. Right, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> another, That's real talk. Uh, another young MC, man, that that you made sound so murderous at the time, man. I, I definitely, this, this shit came out of nowhere, but you, you definitely got to play this record, man, I mean...
1: Can I tell you something? That's that, that's that quacky mic again. But, um,
0: this is <laughs> all it. Where are you making these records?
1: In, in my apartment. In your apartment? In Queensbridge. In Queensbridge. In my sister's living room, actually. In your sister's living room. Yeah. Now, with that one right there, he came to my house with, with the Marley Scratch written on a bag that day. It was written on a brown paper bag. And we made that record. And you can hear the drum samples in there. That's when I was really experimenting yeah, yeah, yeah. with drum sounds because you hear the bigness of it. Boom, boom, ba, boom, ba. You know, that right there was my beginning of of, of experimenting with different drum sounds. Right. As you can see, those were bigger drum sounds. And, you know, that was on my drum reel, those drum sounds.
0: I'm going to tell you, man, I was, I've was i never really been an MC Shan fan. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that record, yes. I was an MC fan, MC Shan fan. And yeah. I thought he was going to have a long career because you made him sound like so like stupendous. What did you be- just say? I don't even know what I just said. I'm just speaking
3: <laughs> from the heart. Okay. Like I wasn't I didn't fi- want it to be me. No, 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 no. I,
0: I'll say it again. I wasn't, throughout his career, I wasn't an MC Shan. Fan, Got you. But when I first heard that record, yeah. I was like, this nigga is the illest MC of all. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because he sounded so monstrous on there, man. Can I ask you a question? Though?
1: Yes. If he would have been on the symphony, this is just in the air. We just want to throw it in the air. Do you think there would have been any change to the outcome of the future of whatever happened? I don't know. You think if he would have been on the symphony, it would have changed anything?
0: I, you're the expert here,
5: man.
1: I don't know. I'm just adding. I'm just putting. He, yeah.
5: he would have added a, a different flavor. I mean,
0: his voice. His voice just was alone. remarkable. Right. I'm
1: saying for him though, if he would have been yeah. on that record, yeah, it would have helped. Would it would have been been any different? But then it's like, would people have been like,
5: well, Cool G, you know? And then it's like, well, MC, it depends on you know, like if he came off like on that record, right. Then yeah. But if he came off like you know. When Cool G is coming off like right.
1: Cool G, right, then right, it's a you know it's a problem. Model. But of course, you know he would have been stepped. He would have had to. He had, <laughs> had to. What, what do you think? The pressure he, What been on. do you think he was on that record? I don't know. I just that's why I throw it in the air. That's, that's something I always wondered, and I always wondered what everybody thought.
0: Right now, what kind
1: of cat was he, man? Um, he was, he was a a, a rapper that got famous pretty quick. Right. You got to think it fame came really quick from him because that was a because of that record. Yeah, it, was, it came very quick. You know he. He came from Lefferts Boulevard mm. to 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 Queensbridge to to stardom. Right. And now you're known. Now you're driving around. Now everybody know who you are. What and else it you happened got. really quick? What else do you
0: have? Was that was that the issue? What else do you have?
1: Um, it could have been that people was looking for the next the next like the, the next, next big is, hit. Right. The next installment. Right. Yeah.
0: And were you you weren't able to pull that out, or were y'all trying to?
1: Um, well, when it came to to, um, to cold chilling I did like everybody's first album right then I kind of like broke out right. and, and, we'll get and to, did we'll my get own that. thing right so whatever happened with their albums after that is kind of like on them
0: Now, not getting into gospel a whole now but was was he hooked on drugs did he get hooked on drugs because um, that was that was everybody's reality um, in terms of what happened to Shan we'll from look Wong. at the pictures and you tell me right were so, you there for him man Um, we, to be honest
1: I, I can't say that I was there or not. I could just say that when he met me, it just gave him more access to, to whatever he probably really wanted to really do. So, you know, at a point like that, you can't, you can't tell nobody what to do. You, once, know, my, you know, my
0: my father-in-law always said, man, like whatever a man's addiction is, right. If they don't have control of that and right. you give them money, right. That shit is going to triple and quadruple.
1: And And another thing too, like the, 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 not to you know, you know take anything away from him, but he had a very, very, very distinctive voice. Right. That's what you know. That's what really made him so dope. His his voice actually was like an instrument. That's why it worked on those records. It's not like a voice on the song. Right. It's an instrument. It's an instrument it. song.
0: And you know, you knew he knew. You produced it so well, so, so that it really yeah. fit on the track. A-
1: exactly. Every time I produced him, I, I approached his voice as an instrument. Right. Because when you hear. Ding! On on, on that, you hear his voice is almost that key. Love to hear the story again. It's like like it was an instrument on that song. If you would have just approached it as a rapper and it wasn't in that tone and it wasn't that wine tone that he did for that, it probably wouldn't have worked. So he knew how to use his voice as an instrument.
0: What kind of pressure did the the BDP shit put on him, man? Because KRS Um, jumps out the box now. Yeah, and KRS is totally unorthodox. Right. Totally not like any other rapper you've heard at the time, right? And it's just killing it. What pressure did that put on Shan,
4: man?
1: I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. I could not really imagine. I mean, you would think that that pressure would fall on me too at the point, but come on, I had like Coogee Rap in my back pocket ready to drop out, I, or out on people. I had like Kane getting ready to come. You, you know what I'm saying? I had like Master Ace was just mm-hmm. winning winning contest to get in so I felt
0: that I had a lot more to give so I felt that it wasn't the end for me so so the beef wasn't personal to you like we had D-Nice um, on last week he said mm. when y'all was making those records mm-hmm. when y'all was like the, in, in, y'all was like in the ring mm-hmm. and all of New York City was watching y'all mm-hmm. he was like yo this shit is fun and he right. was a little bit younger so he wasn't on the front lines like KRS and y'all right. but he was like this shit is fun it's not right. Yeah, let me tell you
1: something. I took that shit so personal. Mm-hmm. I you know, come on. I wasn't doing no commercials with niggas. You ain't seen me in no commercials. You ain't seen me on no tours. I ain't seen me DJing for Sham while he on tour doing all that. I took it so personal, man, because I worked hard to get where I was going right. at that point. Come on, man. I, I changed hip hop. And these were your beats. Right. Yeah. Look, I changed the sound and the texture of hip hop of what everybody's doing. Dude, how you gonna come out like that on me? I took it real personal. Okay. So Because of who you were. Right. And and, and what for for what I've known I what I've for done. done yeah. Right. Yeah. For for the work I put in. Right. Like, come on, who is he to come and say that it ain't what it is when it is when it is. Right. So I was like, no, I'm not doing no commercials with them. You don't see me on no sprite commercial. You didn't see me on that. Right. You don't see me doing no tours. DJing for Shan. You don't even see me fucking with him because Oh, you gonna make money with with that? Come on, let's go over here. Let's do this. No, man. Alright, go ahead. I'm not. Alright, go ahead. Go ahead. So that's why I wasn't producing nothing else no more. I wasn't really messing with it because I had to go my go my way. Right. You know. Meaning, meaning,
0: meanin, meaning that Shan wasn't the
1: horse he was gonna gamble on. Um, I say that I I couldn't say that he wasn't the horse that I was gonna gamble on, but I could I could surely say that. Um. I already played at that table, so let right. me move to the next okay. one. Okay, that's how I looked at it. That was beneath you. The beef was beneath you. I wouldn't say it was beneath me, but it was something that I didn't want to waste time on. I see what you're saying. At that point, right. I had I had other other artists to produce. Right. I had like I was ready to come on. Kane was coming. Right. Come on,
0: Kuji Rap
1: was coming. You come know,
0: on. But I noticed he ain't never said their name. In you the know, and, and 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 that's another thing. That <laughs> now, now now I was a huge huge KRS fan, mm-hmm. but in the back of my mind, I was like. Why are you only going after Shantae, Marley, and, 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 and Shan? Can I tell why, you why? Why are you not going at, at, at Kane? Because Kane you? might body you. And if Kane don't body you, Chit. Pool G got the shoddy in the bag, Right, Right, right,
1: right, right, right. But you know why?
0: Craig G might body you. You're right, <laughs> even Craig G.
1: But you know why? And I
0: know who the little skinny nigga, uh, Master Ace Action was in the back, but right. that nigga was nice. Right, right.
1: Now let me tell you why. Because Mr. Magic, Put his finger in a face and said, Those MCs. Whoever Mr. Magic said that day, that's who they went at.
4: Right. And he said, Shan.
1: Yep. Wow. Whoever Mr. Magic said, Oh, we're going to go out, who he thinks is the shit. Right. But if he would have said G Rap, it might have been a different outcome because now you got G Rap coming back.
0: G Rap don't look like he played that shit.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: now, now you got only like many disc <laughs> records. <And laughs> Kane don't look like he played that shit.
1: And, but behind the scenes, Kane's and krs one, they was like they was close. Yeah, Kane said they, they was, was really cool. Close, yeah,
0: Kane said they was definitely cool. Yeah. And then Kane also said something like like when he joined the Juice Crew, like niggas was still kind of shitting on him. Yeah, yeah. Like Matt, he said Magic was shitting on him. Let me tell you, and he didn't feel like he was a member of the crew. So when it came time for war, he's like, why should I go to war against krs one?
1: To be honest. Mr. Magic made Kane get that high top fade. What? Because Miss, you know, you gotta think. Kane had a big afro trying to get on stage, and Mr. Magic said, like, "Hell no, you ain't getting on stage representing Juice Crew like that, <laughs> nigga, nigga." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you gotta hear that, Then you hear the bear can open. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, he said, "You ain't getting on no motherfucking stage like that. Do something with your hair, nigga." Wow. The nigga went backstage, next thing you know, and they came with the high top fade. That's
0: more like it. That was just, that was, <laughs> And then it worked. Then he stuck with it. So we owe Mr. Magic for the high top that's, fade. That's on Big
1: Daddy came. That's yeah. right. That's right.
0: That's crazy, man. Mr. You Magic know
1: said, you, you're not getting on stage with your fucking hair like that. And he had a big ass afro.
0: That's crazy, man. And that
1: shit was trimmed into a high top fade. He went on stage, ripped it down, kept that fade rocking.
0: That's crazy. Yo, listen, man. Let's go to a quick- You know, station break. You tune into the Combat Jack Show. We're sitting here with the legendary Marley Marl breaking it down. Yo, CombatJackShow.com. Don't go nowhere. Yo, Internet, you probably tried Hulu on your computer. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, man, you can watch current season episodes of your favorite shows like Shark Tank, The Following, and Bob's Burgers.
5: I like Bob's Burgers.
0: And you can watch every episode of shows like The Cosby Show, Lost, and Doctor Who. You get ad-free movies and kids shows too. If you're like me and you got a lot of kids, sometimes you want to take those kids off your hands by putting them in front of Hulu Plus. Now more than ever, there's so much to watch. Take control with Hulu Plus to stream these shows and thousands more as much as you want, whenever you want, and sometimes wherever you want. Yeah, Hulu Plus works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already own. You can even watch on your own phone or iPod while on the train or at work or at the dentist or in the bathroom. You can even block off a day to binge. And you'll also get access to originals that you can't get anywhere else. Check out this show, Deadbeat, a comedy about a weed-smoking cat that talks to ghosts. A weed-smoking talk- Yo, you Go ahead right now, man, and binge on all 10 episodes right now. For only $7.99 a month, get your shows anytime, anywhere. It's like a quarter a day, 25 cents, right now. Sign up at Huluplus.com slash combat and get two weeks full access completely free. Free. That's a whole extra week more with this special offer when you sign up at huluplus.com slash combat. So get with it, yo. Stop fronting and start streaming TV now with Hulu Plus. Hey yo, internet! you tuned into the Combat Jack, CombatJack Show.com. We got Molly Maul in the building. Yep. Marley, you sitting here talking about when it got hot, Yeah. you stayed cool as a fan
3: because mm.
0: you had all these weaponry, weapon MCs in your back pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what's, you know, one of the, like, like you had this wild card though, man. You had this MC that really wasn't an MC and really wasn't a writer and a rapper, but you made craziness with him. And I, I want you to play this song, ben
3: I want Oh one two, I want like two. I, like I like to introduce myself. My name
0: is Markey. And I'm the human orchestra called Bizmarke. Making music all the day is my special cheese. Why not go boom? I want you? Girls get excited. Well they hear my lyrics, they wanna reside. I'm you This nigga right here.
5: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like I'm
0: I'm perplexed Rock. because he sounds so monstrous on that record. Mm. He sounds so illmatic on that record. Mm. You don't even mention him as one of your killers.
1: Wow. You know, because he was a silent killer. He was like a comical genius that could rap, that could turn it into whatever we needed to. You got to think, he came out as a, a mere beatbox for Shantae.
0: Right. You heard you were introduced to him.
1: Shantae introduced you to him? Nah, actually, on this guy, I was walking through Queensbridge, and Bismarck, he was out there for that weekend trying to meet me. And... Somebody brought him to my attention, and he let me. You know, he did the beatbox for me. I was like, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay." And then he wasn't
0: he, into beatboxes because of the yeah, because the fat boys. Yeah, right? you got
1: to think, fat boys was
0: murdering them
1: out there, right? You come on, God be- can bless can the dead ad, yeah, Buffy. God, yeah, Buffy was murdering right. kids out there. He won the ten pan apple, so I, I I thought it couldn't get much better than that. He he beat everybody in the whole city. <laughs> you know what I mean, right. so all right, couldn't get no better than beatbox meat I don't really care at this point, you know, my man Mark was like, yo, you got just sh- check him out and then I was giving him another another listen no no
0: now Bismarck's not the most handsome cat either,
1: right, and plus he was hanging out in the in the hood like for the pipe for about a week before I ran into him, so right. he had like about a week's worth of
0: same clothes on same clothesness,
1: yeah on him, right, so you know it was cool. But you know, then he he got the
0: little teeth. I mean, no, (laughs) no shitting on. (laughs) I'm not shitting on the god, but you know, I'm just trying to create the environment.
5: (laughs) We still gotta have a biz episode. Hold on, and then
1: he then then he's doing it. I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Then he went. I was like, what was that? Do that again. I was like, "Yo, that shit is hot. Yo, come <laughs> back, come to my house tomorrow." Now that shit is hot. He excited me with
0: that, and that's so, what got him. So, how did you decide? Like, did he didn't. Did he have raps at the time? Um, when I first
1: made his first demo, we did make the music, but it was quite different. Right. It was quite, the first, the first demo was different. It wasn't hitting. It wasn't hitting like that one. Right. It wasn't really hitting. I think by with Bismarck, Biz it took him like maybe the third time in the studio to make it right
0: right now now did you realize at a certain point like yo you don't really write rhymes like that um i realized that
1: what he was saying whatever he was saying he brought it across so funky and it was like so unorthodox and kind of sideways and you know so it was kind of different and sideways so i was kind of liking it right yeah it, was, it wasn't it wasn't straight it was like a little crooked
0: and then, and then, when did he start telling you that this other kid was writing his rhymes?
1: He never really did. Actually, the other kid that wrote his rhymes, which was <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, came to my house later and said, "Yo, I write Biz rhymes. I was supposed to meet him today. He's running late." And I'm like, "I didn't open he, my door." He knocked on your door. Yeah, he knocked on my door in the story. That's after I moved out of Queens. And please. you
0: wasn't really f- trying to open the door for no. Yeah, I'm you like, some Donald, Donald Sterling shit. Don't bring <laughs> no niggas to my <laughs> <laughs> to my game." <laughs> I was living in the
1: story, or so it was kind of odd seeing him on the block. Right at that point, so I was like, "Yo, who does? Where he going?" And say, so going Oh, he coming to my house? Still okay? Knocking on my door? Okay, come downstairs." Yo, what up? He like, was looking thuggish. Of course, you know that was Big Daddy Kane before he was Big Daddy Kane with the afro. That was Antonio Harding. Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's a
4: difference. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So you got to think, big Big Daddy Kane is 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 the I could say Big Daddy Kane is the performance name. Right. But Antonio Harden and the crew before he was Big Daddy came, they was doing a lot of damage in the neighborhood. Right. You, know, you, see, you saw him vapors. You see you Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But he came to the door, you know, big afro, fella I've never seen before. We're talking about, yo, I'm looking for Biz now. All right, now, do you know that Biz is famous? You come to stick him up?
4: Right. Or oh, what is it? Because oh, the
1: record had been out. Right, now. that's what I'm saying. His other joint was out. So I'm like, like, so what it is, you can, yo, you meet? you want to meet the Mina upstairs? What you want? What you want? What you want? He's like, yo, you know, I write his shit. So I let him, you know, he, he told me a rhyme that I knew that wasn't out yet. You asked him to say yeah. a rhyme that nobody knew. Hell yeah. I said, well, if you write his shit, tell me something that that I should know. Right. Do, do you remember that rhyme? Um, I think that day he had the vapor rhymes. Oh. He was bringing him vapors. Right. Yeah, I believe he was bringing him vapors that day. But he said some other. He said some other shit that we made that that made sense. I was like, okay. And then I right, let him in, and then you know he's he quiet, cool, quiet kid. You know he's quiet, sitting there and probably you know looking at me like, wow, that's Molly Mar. It's really Molly Mar. Wow. And
0: you was already used to cats being starstruck
1: as as this use this
0: hood dude, star right now.
1: Dude, it, I was already used to 10, 10 15 <laughs> people waiting out outside the radio station when it's time to go on Friday nights. That's crazy. It was getting crazy, right? So. And, you know, then, you know, Biz was taking his time, you know, and I got to know him later. And, you know, then he started coming earlier and be- beating Biz to the studio all the time. like, yo, Ma, you know, I-, I got some shit written out. I rap too. Yeah, I rap too.
0: So you said, won't you go in that booth? Yeah. And then first record you made with him was this.
5: And near. The
0: one they call the Big Daddy Kane is here to deliver a message to everyone everywhere. So listen up, party people, cause this you should hear. It's a story of a far-away atmosphere that you will find very rare, and far beyond compare. Yep. All is So, so, rather- So you, you we started off this interview by saying that God brings things to a certain place. Yep. God literally brought you Big Daddy Kane.
1: Right to my door.
0: Right to your doorstep. Yep. And when you heard him rhyme.
1: When I first heard him rhyme on like that. Right. Um, he said he, he said, I wrote something I think it'll be dope going on, I'll take you there. So I was like, Oh, let me go get it. So I Staple Sisters. Staples staple singers. And I went ran, ran over there real quick and I just looped it up. And you see you hear my drum sounds over there, That's the drum sound from the drum reel. So I was using my drum sounds, the the the, the lost drum sounds. <laughs> but I was using my um drum sounds and I just looped it up, you know, just to hear him rhyme. Right. That wasn't even meant to be a record, I just wanted to hear him rap. Over the beat, and then when I heard him rhyme, I was like, "Yo, dude is dope." <laughs> Just by that, right? Because I'm I'm the type of person I could hear if an artist got it like within 10 seconds. It don't take me long. If you got the tone and the cadence, and, and your punchlines is right, I don't even get. I don't got to hear you to the hook. So, what was
0: it first? The voice? Was it the tone? Because because Big Daddy Kane's voice in itself, I think, his, sounds like every rapper's father. Right, I think his voice, his voice and his timing.
1: He had he had like a different timing because everybody would go screaming and rushing on the mic and a little ahead of the beat and so excited. He was like kind of like how how Biggie would be later.
4: Mm.
3: I heard
1: Smooth. it. Yeah, like on the beat it's like certain rappers know how to be on the beat. Right. You, you get what I'm saying? Certain rappers I got to bring on the beat. You got to really I have to bring them right. that, to that place. Right. On the beat where it sounds Crazy and they listen back, Woo Like, yeah, nigga, yeah. But Kane had the ability to go on in that spot by herself. Um Biggie has that ability. Certain rappers, they flow on a beat. They don't rhyme. They like in the right they in the right. In the pocket. In, right in the right pocket, exactly right. like <sighs> they right and he, he had it. When I heard it, I was like, Oh, this nigga nice. I could just hear how 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 he attacked to the snick. <laughs>
0: oh
1: he nice i could just tell right there oh he's nice
0: now now before the you 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 also said that mr magic developed his high top but Mm -hmm. was he still like a fly cat because kane always had that oh
1: um, appeal yeah kane was kane was thuggish first right believe it kane was on some thug hoodie some old thuggish shit like yo if the if the beat ain't if the beat ain't right, when he we wasn't fighting, wearing
0: no fucking purple. It was all nah, black. Was
1: none of that. None of that. Maybe a little brown. Straight, straight, when he, when he some, came to my some house, jail green. that's one. it. <laughs> Yo, dude, dude. When he came to my house, he had on all black.
4: All black. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. He had on a black hoodie, black pants, black sneakers. Straight at my door. Right. So, you know. It now was he, like that.
0: he he talked about how um, as a showman. Mm-hmm. Biz really helped him a lot. Like, mm. Biz helped him, like, to stop being so serious. Right. Like, you can't scare the chicks away. You got to do records for the chicks and the whole yeah. nine. No doubt. And I thought during that period, man, this is before, like, the real Juice, Juice, Juice Crew explosion. But I just thought that one, two punch, man, of Bismarck, who was on his one lane, yep. and Kay, who was on his other lane. I I bought both albums. I bought, for, like, I bought Going Off. To this day, Going Off, Bismarck, he's Going Off, is one of my favorite albums. Oh. albums like it almost i don't want to internets don't fucking hit me with all the hate and bullshit but in terms of like how short it was
3: mm-hmm.
0: how short the record you had just 10 records on there right no doubt it was short and sweet almost like how illmatic was to the point it, it didn't it wasn't too much and it ended at the right tone mm-hmm. and then kane was like the, the relationship that they had man was was unique man
1: crazy i mean kane kane let me tell you kane later on in the years after you know we 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 got together and, and I made his I was like I made the first part of his album without the record company even knowing right because when I told the record company that I'm in the studio with Kane, oh he's a writer, he's not an artist <sighs> okay, so Kane we're gonna, we gonna keep going don't worry about that just come 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 be biz to the studio like you've been doing and let's keep doing what we've been doing right and then we just always kept going, but he made me a better producer because he would challenge. He would bring the tempo up. He would experiment with, may have me experiment with more sounds and take it further. You get what I'm saying, right?
0: Like, give me, give me an example.
1: All right, now Kane, like on the, um, like on, um, raw.
0: Yeah.
1: He said, get that part, and I, it that was, horn. it was, it was up to me to put it in the beat in a hot place, right? Oh, I like that horn right there, and I'm like, damn, that horn doesn't fit because it's, but. That I had to realize if I eq all of the sound out or the bass and so on so on just had the mid I could sample it and put it over the beat and you won't hear that it's not in beat you get what I'm saying right. so he challenged me to take things and raise the bar on my production if it because he was such a dope rapper he' heard me say make it faster I'm like nah it's going through the it's faster faster I want it to be faster I want okay and, <laughs> and know- a lot of times we would bump a lot of heads like with him trying to pull something out different from what everybody was doing and, and and the day the first day I played Raw I got it because you know what I wasn't able to play anything behind it
0: right and it's ill because Raw was the first Kane record I actually heard on the radio see and I was like what the fuck is that and it's also like to Kane and your credit that shit Kind of fit the next wave that was coming in with the bomb squad. Like right. it really that was on the them. same that inspired, that inspired the bomb squad. Of course, of course. Because after after that record, then, then, every then, record had that horn. Everything was up. He brought the bar up.
1: After Kane, I'm gonna tell you. I, I could say I don't I don't know, I don't I don't want to seem like I'm just saying this because that was my artist. Right. But I think Well, you didn't
0: Kane, say this about any other artists. No, so.
1: but I'm saying this, but with Kane, Kane changed rap mm. at that point. Because after after we came out with Raw, it was a different ball game. Right, it, nothing was the same ever after as before Raw than after Raw. Because I remember when Raw came out for that summer, that had to be the last record of the night every time because you can't play nothing behind. You
0: can't it. play nothing behind. It. it was too hyped.
1: Now they had to make records like that that you could play behind. So so it. So, so the next year. So that
0: really really fucking inspired the Bomb Squad.
1: That cha- Yeah, that 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 record right there changed the whole sound. The whole st- fabric of rap music. You ever
0: talked to the Bomb Squad about that?
1: Of course. And Keith, and, Keith Shockley, he, he he told me that it was the bridge that inspired him because of the noise. Right. He said the first record he ever heard with noise that was being used as music was the bridge and he went and started finding, looking for all types of noise to put on his beats. But he said the bridge, which is the first record with noise, it's not music. It's just,
3: right, 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 it's right.
1: just like syncopated noise. And that was the, one of the first records where he, he said it inspired him.
0: All right, internets. See what I'm talking about? Like like we're not just talking like dope rap right, kids. Like y'all motherfuckers shut your mouth. <laughs> if you mention any other fucking producer and y'all don't mention Molly ma like I'm dead serious. What's dead. What, what's weird
1: because I hear a lot of people mentioning a lot of other producers that came after the fact, but it's all good because they come from the tree. Right. You got to think like when everybody screams Jay Dilla, Jay Dilla is Dope. Right. But Jay Diller comes from the P-Rock family.
4: Which came, which came which from Which comes you. from
1: Marley Mall. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, you look at the Kanye, which comes from the Jay Diller, which comes from the P-Rock, which goes to the Kanye, which comes from the tree. So you, I look at everything, like, uh, even even the premieres, you, you, you know, you, you got to see that everything comes from the tree. So when you mention other producers, it doesn't bother me right. because I know what tree it comes from. If they're not talking about a classical producer or... Uh, or somebody in a different genre of music that don't make that. Then okay, I understand. But if you talk about anybody from the immediate tree, it makes me feel good cuz I know that you come from the tree.
0: Let's play another record the change the game, man. I don't care who's first or who last,
2: but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. I don't know what y'all gonna do with this, but it got to be funky. It got to be funky. If you're gonna be on it. I don't care who's many in the past have tried to do what I did. Just the way I came off, ben, I'm gonna come
0: off stronger and longer. Symphony B yeah like, man. like like the most amazing posse cut like you know what I'm saying like people want to say it's a scenario people want to say uh, but the symphony B
1: wow I mean I mean to be honest I feel honored to have made that and just to think that it almost wasn't made, because we made that the same day as we did the photo shoot on the right. back of the album cover, standing next to the Learjet. So In control, the In Control album. That's right, the In Control album. We were stand, standing next to the Jet. Right after we took those photos, Kane suggested, yo, let's make a record together. We're all together. Let's go record something. And everybody's like, yeah, let's go. And 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 the rest is history. Everybody on the back of that album cover was supposed to be on that record. I'll just leave it at that. What happened? Let's leave it at that. Well, what happened? Like use your well, imagination. Well, when, was, okay, 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 okay? First, let's, let's let me <laughs> rewind it a little bit. <laughs> Whose idea was it to put the Juice Crew together? Um, it formed because Magic, um, the first Juice Crew member. Um, ma- matter of fact, Magic had a Juice Crew before us. Okay, how you like that? Um, he had um, Mike C. Um, I think he yeah, had um Melly Mel probably was in it. Melly Mel. Yeah, Melly Mel. Um, Melly M- Mel, Melly Mel, Melly Mel, rock Melly Mel, Master Melly Mel, Mike C. and um L.A. Sunshine. Wow, they was on the Juice Mobile. They was the Juice Crew because they used to be on Magic's van going around with him, and they used to go rock parties with him. So they was the Juice Crew first.
0: I can't even imagine. Right, L.A. Sunshine. Right. And and Melly Mel
1: yeah they like was, that's 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 yeah they would go out and do I guess they would just meet up and rock the parties when the van went out and then what happened after Magic mm-hmm. met me and I became the DJ and 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 things started going you know new right newer we wasn't going back
0: you were the new school yeah yeah we was going forward
1: right
0: hip hop was always about right. did the
1: old school right. bringing the new school right so so we moved up and then Dimples D was the first first Juice Crew member. But she didn't get along with Magic, and she like quit the first week. I ain't, I ain't. He's too rude. I'm not fucking with him. I ain't fucking with him. I'm going to college. <laughs> fuck him, Molly.
0: <laughs> she just broke the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to college. <laughs> fuck that nigga. <laughs> so she thanks. She got to thank him for her college degree. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No doubt.
1: No doubt. And um, that was the Juice Crew. It was Magic's thing, and it just formed. We we wasn't. I wasn't forming it to be the dopest crew in the East Coast. I didn't form it for that. It just formed into that at the point and reason why you know for you interneters like he like you keep saying it's like reason why they say it's the dopest crew is because everybody could stand alone right. on their own. Right. I mean there was there was crews before us, Crash Crew. Um you know, it was Furious 5 was a crew. Everybody was a goddamn crew right. back there. Everybody crew 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 his jackets three, everybody.
0: Right. But don't Crush
1: right, old. don't but the only reason why they say Juice Crew was the, one of the mightiest crews is because everybody individually could wax that ass too. right? And we all get together, it's a problem. But individually, you don't want to fuck with nobody. It's a problem either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a problem either way.
0: How did y'all bring Cool G in, man?
1: Cool G was um, from Polo. Me and Polo used to go to school together. Um, and when I used to um, be in 600 school and what happened, he was one of my classmates and I remember how me and him used to Always never pay attention in school <laughs> together. <laughs> He's always sitting at me, we never paid attention. We'd always looking out the window. And then we always went to wood shop and built speakers. You know, and I remember he was like my like a, a former DJ guy that was like kinda like me and in high school when I was in school. And I remember, oh, I remember Polo. And I, I seen him one day, like, yo, I'm doing this music. He's like, Yo, you blowing. I was like, Yo, nigga, get an MC, yo, I'll put you on, nigga. <laughs> He's like that. So he's like, he's like, I got an MC. Yeah, he's like, I t- I, he's, he said, yeah, I got an MC. I said, well, get an MC. Bring him to me. And, you know, he brought somebody first. I think this guy was Frosty Freeze first. I think he made a record. It was like, polo, 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 polo in the early days. Um, and then then there the fucking rapper gets goes to jail and shit. Nah. Some, some, some crazy shit. So he's in jail now. He's brings his next rapper, which is Cool G.
0: Now, what's your first impression of Cool G? Because he has a lisp. Cool G... I just no rappers had a lisp.
1: I know, but you know what it was dope about Cool G he already had he had Corona on Smash though. Mm. He was that he was he had swag already. He he definitely had more swag than Polo back then. Right. He was the swag dude. He brought swag to that. And he had the he had the, he had the street already. He had that cool shit. You know, he was that that cool MC on the street that had everybody bugging. So, you know, I was like, okay, he, he had the swag. So when I heard him, I knew it. Once we made it to demo, I knew it. <sighs> I knew it. Oh, ah, he, he's ready to go. He's right. he's ready to go. Right, he's ready to go.
0: Did you view the lisp as a, as, as an impediment, or did you view it as like yo, this that that makes him even more unique? I'm, I I viewed it as something unique. Right, I viewed it as something. Did unique. the label give you any issues? No, nah, like, nobody said. Nobody nothing. ever said anything.
1: Nobody never said nothing because <laughs> the rhymes. I mean, his rhymes were so dope. You couldn't, you know, the rhymes were so dope. It 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 overshadowed the lisp to right. me.
0: Us fans talk about, we've been talking about this shit from day one, man. Mm-hmm. But you got to work with both of them. In, in your opinion, man, who, who would win in a battle,
4: man? Kane or Rakim?
0: Hmm.
1: Kane or Rakim in a battle back then? Yes. That would have been a hard one because, yeah, that would have definitely been a hard one right there. That would have been like, man, that's like the, the Clash of the Titans. in, in What? In that would have been the Clash of the Titans in the 80s. I would have wanted to see that more than I would want to see another Juice Crew member go at KRS. Right. You, you get what I'm I saying? I get what you're saying, yeah. I, I would really want to have seen um, Kane and, and oh, my God, Kane. See, and I, my, my
0: impression is the, is the cat sitting in his crib listening to the radio. Right. Like, Rakim was the ultimate god, right? Right. Rakim changed the game. You couldn't even fathom. Right. Going at Rakim. Right. And and that was, you know, it was like the sun is hot. Mm-hmm. Rakim is God MC.
4: Right.
0: But I think it was like when 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 Kane dropped warm it up, Kane, I was like, hold up. Whoosh. Brooklyn might really be able to Whoosh. take that dude out, man. Whoosh.
1: I'm telling you. you like can't.
0: Brooklyn, I was and I'm a Brooklyn dude. I was like, hold up, Brooklyn might be able to take Rakim out, B.
1: Whoosh. Yeah. That was tight at that point. It was tight. It was real tight. And, and But I, but you know what? I could say that Kane went a little faster. Right. He went he took the he took the tempo up a little faster. He turned it up. Yeah, he turned it up. Because you gotta think, remember my melody and Eric B's president was it was pre Raw. So even Raw had Rock Kim change. Right. So I, I know you got soul and all that. He had right. to he had to bring it up.
0: I mean the heat was on both of them. Like I, yeah. I knew they both felt that heat, yeah.
1: man. That's what I'm saying. You know,
0: and and the only comparison I could think in terms of like you know the new day and and that's not even new anymore is like comparing them to Jay Z and, and 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 Nas.
4: Yeah. Whereas think,
0: yeah. Nas was the Rakim yep. kind of cat, and Kane had more flair. You know, Kane mm-hmm. birthed Jay Z. That's right. So it's you still can't call it because you know.
1: Yeah, it's hard. That's a hard call right there.
0: Yeah, man. So. Around this time, man, the Juice Crew is popping, man. Mm-hmm. Y'all, are, y'all, are, y'all, are, y'all are making crazy records, man. Uh, by the way, man, thank you for that In Control album. I bought that shit. Love that shit. Love the joint with Heavy D and Biz nice. Markie on that shit. We the joint the with Heavy D and Biz Markie, crazy, crazy,
1: crazy. That was my man. God rest of dead, man.
0: So here you go, now. You got the craziest crew. You changing the game. You got all these ill MCs. You got the Juice Crew, cold chilling. You got the label. Not my label. No, I was but
1: actually. What happened? I was. I was. I was. Um, I was um, uh, staff producer for Cold Chillin'.
0: Did you know you were staff producer? Oh yeah, I did. Did you think it was bigger than just staff producer?
1: Um, you know what it was, because because when I was doing all those records, like I wasn't. I was just trying to make stuff to let people hear it, man. Right. I wasn't like you know when I got into the music business, I didn't know about publishing.
0: There was no music business for us at the time. Yeah,
1: because I was just making. Joints and they just became records. Right. So I didn't know about the publishing. I didn't know about the writers. I didn't know about ASCAP. I didn't know about all of that Did stuff. Did you have a lawyer at the time? Yeah, but later yeah, later on it kicked in. I mean like like a year or two later. All right. Then now we started um, cataloging all the records and, and getting all the business right. But I didn't get into it for the business part. I got into it because of the love of, of what I was doing. I was a DJ and people was following what I was doing. I was changing the course of what the next man was thinking, so it wasn't it wasn't about money; it was about expressing what I was doing.
0: but then when you started seeing money coming around you
1: um the, what what yeah.
0: when did that change when did you, when did that light bulb go off and you was like, "Hold up,
1: um the light bulb really flickered when I left cold chilling.
0: Why did you leave like how did what came to that point what that even made you leave um I left
1: because I know I did four albums in one year. And I realized that if I had an, an artist such as a Craig G or Tragedy, and I was it, I was cool, I was making two hundred thousand dollars a year at Cold Chillin' as a staff producer, which was you know pretty cool,
0: crazy. That I mean, that I mean, it was it was crazy. It's I was, crazy now.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I made four albums, right? So that's not that it crazy. it wasn't adding up, right? Like so, you know, because I was I was popping records out one a day, one a day. So if I made four albums in one year. And was getting two hundred thousand dollars, or I could take a, a a Craig G artist and get two seventy five for one album. You do the math. Where I'm staying, right? So I was like, "Look, I, look," and I wasn't seeing. I I started not seeing royalties. i was like, "Yo, hold up! I'm doing other projects and I'm getting royalties back. Where's the royalties for this stuff?" So I wasn't, you know, seeing it. So and I what had,
0: are they telling you? Because this is your family, in a sense, quote unquote.
1: Um, not really family. Um, everybody always, you know. This is this is entertainment. Right. So a lot of people put out. Oh, that's his cousin. Oh, that's his so and so. Um, there was no family involved with any of the Coachella stuff. Nobody's related.
0: But you were dealing with with, with Flata, and, yeah. and 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 Len Fisherberg. Fisherberg, yeah. yeah. And did you have conversations with them about we gotta fix this? Or
1: um, yeah. Well,
0: it, it was getting to the point
1: where we was getting famous quick, doing a lot of shows. My check was always there. So, all right, I'm getting my my check for being a producer. So, all right, maybe royalty time didn't come up, but I started realizing that I'm doing too much work for the little bit of money that y'all right. giving me.
4: Right.
1: You know. Then when I left, that's when the royalties really. When never did came. what made you leave?
0: <laughs> what when did you decide to leave? Did, did you right. wake up one day and say, "Fuck this"? Yeah,
1: one day, just before um, In Control Two, because In Control Two was never supposed to come out. I probably left the label before that. Right. But they was like, hey, you know, do another album. You know, we, we got this for you. We're going to do this. And I was like, okay. So you realize now they, they're giving you that nigga talk. Right, right. So I'm like, let me just keep it moving. And, and you know, to be honest, I didn't put a lot into that album because I was trying to get away. Right. But, you know, I, I realize now in my career later that I shouldn't have did it right. like that. But, you know, just to get them away from me, I just threw, threw them an album to go.
0: Was it Bad Blood, man?
1: Um, It, was, it, was, it wasn't good. Right, it wasn't really good because you know we put in work. Um, you we, built that house, hey, no doubt, no doubt. Were you
0: angry? Were you depressed? No, Were no you I, wasn't, just I like, wasn't
1: angry because I, I already know that I I got a lot of more. Right, that was that was that's like just that chapter. You gotta look at my 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 whole life is in different chapters. That was one chapter. Then we moved to the the heavy D and the other miscellaneous chapter. Then we moved to the LL chapter. It's like three different three different. Now, things. now
0: tell us tell us the 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 the, the heavy D chapter.
1: Heavy D, you know, as you could tell, when I left Cold chilling, I went to Uptown. Right, Uptown's kicking it. You see me with the. Uptown see, I don't
0: crew. remember you going to Uptown.
1: Yeah, the first video. The first video, okay. The first video with all of us in the conference room. Right, Marley, Marley, I'm in the conference room. I was part of the Uptown. That's right. I left the Juice Crew, and you went to the Uptown. And I was crew. Part of the Uptown. Crew. Well, I started niggas saying then. that you
0: were a traitor or what? Or was it that talk ten?
1: Um, I don't know because everybody was on they they didn't care that I left because everybody had a chance to do what they thought they could do right so
0: and you were like let's see if y'all could do it let's see how that shit yeah. sound on your next album
1: it wasn't I didn't even think like that I was like let me fuck with this Heavy D dude because he's dope and we're gonna get this money so what records did you do with Heavy D man um we did Mr. Big Stuff the wow. first joints yeah which was, um, which, was oh, yeah. which was which was which yeah. was overweight lovers in the house oh, crazy oh, girls they love me come on we had we had we had joints over there we had we had joints? We, I did better with heavy than I did down there.
0: That's crazy, yeah. So, you helped Andre, no doubt, build that house, no doubt, no doubt. Now, I, I think this is amazing. The last record you did for Cold Chillin mm-hmm. was arguably their biggest record. You did right. Bismarck's Just a Friend.
1: Oh, yeah. What happened? He came to the crib, right? Um, they had that, I could I can't say I made it I I organized it right I put it together you know um, we looped the beat um, I took the chorus because you know they they was into singing every chorus I was already you know I was already past everybody I know you do the one good chorus you fly it in but see they wasn't up on that yet so I caught the the best chorus I flew it in every place I erased the drums where it was never supposed to play and then. I made the biggest mistake in my life. I gave them the reel back uh, uh, to go do something at another and studio. And they ran with that record. And, and and they ran with it. Which was a big record. Which is cool because while I was doing that. Well, the,
0: wait, hold up. Yeah, I know where you're you going. Yeah, yeah, something else that so, happened in, in that. So this record, the story behind this record is amazing. Tell us the story behind
4: that record man
1: <laughs> Now just a friend And that track right there It was actually a trade off Because when I was making that Me and Biz was also working on that Jingling Baby track Right but since they took... did he Was he laying vocals on it? Uh, he did. He laid one verse on it. And, and he laid one verse, and it was only the... And the beat, and, you know, some cuts and some other stuff. So what happened...
0: That's, you know, after the fact... I'm sorry to cut you off, and mm-hmm. my, my my listeners hate when I do that. I can't... That sounds like... After the fact, it sounds like a perfect record for Biz. Yeah, yeah.
1: Jingling Baby was a Biz Marquee record. Wow. Before, it was jingling, baby. So what I did was just took the elements from jingling, baby, and threw it over Biz's track that I was working with Biz with the day before. And I said, it's okay. Y'all could take that just a friend thing because it's okay. Right. I'll swap that for this. Right. So they both was hits. They both did well. I mean, that changed the course of LL. And then the other one really changed the course of Biz.
0: Let's get to this LL chapter, man, because that's (laughs) that's that's another changing of the game that you did. LL was dead. You said LL, LL was dead.
1: You said it. You used to work at Def Jam.
0: But yeah, but but you got to understand. Before I got to Def Jam, when I came to Def Jam, like when I came to Def Jam, LL to me was the wackest nigga on the label at the time. I got you. LL was legendary in the whole nine. Right. But you know the times had changed. Right. I came, I came when they was starting to working on the Terodome. Got you. you okay. what I'm saying when when rough when Russell was amped on third base. Got so, you. so so so. The initial glory days of LL was gone, and I remember specifically when he got booed at that that, that that in Harlem because PE yeah. was a new sound and right. and that nigga had a rhyme where he was like, "I'm so bad I could suck my own dick."
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Pause. Right, and and uh, Cass was like, "You don't say that, LL." Right, so he right. was done.
1: Kind okay, of, I, I can't. see you Yeah, know, well, he's having a hard time at that time.
0: Yeah, he was having a hard motherfucking time. <laughs> Niggas was booing him out of Harlem. Okay, all right. So how did y'all have this conversation, man?
1: Well, what happened? He, he came to WBLS right. to promote Walking With a Panther right. album. And, you know, I, I I knew the album was what it was. Right. You know, there were certain records on the album. And you knew my A&R, yeah, I, I, I pulled them to the side. I was like, you know, there's a record on your album that I think I could remix that might be hot. And he's like. You know, he kind of cocky. And, you know, he's cocky at that point. Man, what record you talking about, man? That shit is
0: crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I was like, you know, there's it's a record on your album where you said, running over niggas like a redneck trucker. He said, oh, that jingling joint? I was like, yeah, that one. He said, you can fuck with that? I said, yeah, I like it. I said, I'll I, I flip that shit. I'll make that shit to a whole new joint. Right. And then he's like, all right. And then they got me the parts like about a week later. Who,
4: him or, or Def Jam? It was,
1: it was him. It right. was him and Brian. They got right. me. They, we didn't even do none. Me and LL stuff, we didn't do nothing through Def Jam in the right. beginning. Right. It was strictly on some homeboy shit. Y'all were talking. Yeah, we was talking on the side, and I and I, and I looked at the situation. I felt I could assess something dope right. for the situation. Right. So let me fix that first. And so when he. Let me let, show him proof. Yeah, yeah. So when I went and fixed it and I let him hear it. He was like, yo, that shit is high. He said, yo, let me do my vocals over. I was like, nah, nah, nah. Mavis. You know, it's a remix. Right. Keep it the way it was. He's like, nah. And so we argued about that first, and then he, he convinced me to let him do his vocals over. And that's when he put in, he reckoned to a Molly Mar remix sing. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. That was kind of dope. So when it got to the public, he did good with that one.
0: Now, was Def Jam... Did they want you to fuck with that? Because at the time they were so big on the bomb squad at the time. Yeah. Were they, they fucking with you? No, nah, they was not fucking with me. Like, how did y'all approach Def Jam?
1: Like, like, like I leave it in front of the building in the morning and fucking run. Word? <laughs> it was like that They type were not of
0: fucking shit. with you. They wasn't fucking with now, me. Now now, I remember being an intern mm-hmm. and my cubby used to have a cubby right next to Faith Newman's office, but okay. it was like a couple of steps from the conference room. Mm-hmm. So I remember the specific day, I'm not making this shit up, the specific day I see LL come in, I see his father come in, that's the first time I see you in real life, Um, I think it was Russell, I think it was even Leo and y'all go in the conference room. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even, I can't even, I'm not even thinking a Marley Mall, LL
1: combination, combination yeah, yeah, yeah. is
0: possible because LL's dead. Right, right, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And and you got the juice crew sound (laughs) in the whole nine. And I hear the first record I hear coming from the conference room. What was that? It's the Jingling Babies remix. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up. And then the next record I hear is the original illegal search joint, which was crazy. Mm. Is is that when is that the meeting y'all had when they was like, yo, give them the budget? Like, when did that shit happen? When did Def Jazz say we fucking with you?
1: It was like to be honest, I did the whole album off spec.
0: Wow. I Russell did, Russell hustled you. He was like, Yeah, you know, go ahead and do that shit on spec. Yeah, and if no, happened, no, you know, you know it wasn't even that. What?
1: It was like, yo, we ain't fucking with him. So you we, just did it we, independently. Yeah, we don't we don't fuck with Marley. That's what it was. Who said that? That was like the word from Russell. Right. Russell was like, yo, we don't fuck with Marley. Why why not? Because I guess I was, you know, fucking with the juice crew and right. I was over there and and you know, you gotta think at one point. They, the Juice Crew was going straight at what they was doing. Right. Juice Crew could have slowed them down a little. Had cold chilling. Yeah. Cold, done yeah, their yeah.
0: business properly. Right, 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 So he was looking at you like a spy probably then, right? Yeah, looking at y'all. We don't fuck with Molly. He right. just shut him down. Now we don't fuck or, with Molly. Or, or, or y'all trying to take LL from us. Whatever. Right. Well, for whatever
1: reason, he's like, we don't fuck with Molly. We don't, he's at a nice and quick <laughs> Absolutely stern.
0: not fucking with that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, fuck
1: that. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what? Molly kept coming. Right. We kept coming, and then after the jingling baby went out, and you know, and then went to the public. The public picked what was gonna happen. To be honest, I don't. I don't think um, he had any love for around the way girl. He just threw it out, saying, "Wow!" So I'm like, "Y'all, we're gonna just see.
0: It. Well, I'm gonna show you." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that shit
0: popped. You discovered the flex, right? Yeah. The cats are yeah, the, the, the singing, that are singing on. All the R&B joints on right, on now. jingling. I mean, yeah. on um around the way girl. Around the way girl, yeah. They sent so, all the Jaheen joints and all the all them joints. Man. So when y'all when you working when y'all working on this album, mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, are you thinking this is gonna be the biggest shit ever? I knew it. Yeah, oh,
1: this is gonna be big. This, it, you know, I, I already knew because LL was he was the biggest star to everybody I, I messed with up to that point. He was the biggest star. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was the biggest star. I already I saw where it was going. Right. I knew. If I could get with L, and and make L pop, that'd change my direction of my life. I already knew it. So
0: did you put in any extra type of work with this project, with this Mama Set record?
1: Uh, of course, the whole thing. We, I mean, we we made the whole album. Then I then I got paid after I finished the album because it was so hot, right? And it had to go with it. It was like undeniable. you we'll pay that man that
0: goddamn
4: money. Ha!
1: <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Pay him his money. <laughs> it's like that shit.
0: You know, it's it's, it's so easy to 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 to, to not. Remember how big that actual single was? Mama said. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But that I remember that was the record. Like MTV was on you niggas' dicks. Oh like, yeah, no MTV doubt. had that. That was like the first rap unplugged, right?
1: Damn near, yeah. It was work. the first. That's right. Um, that's LL right. had the
0: first rap, rap right. unplugged on 100%, MTV.
1: Hundred percent. And we toured for like three years off of that. Three w- years. For MTV.
0: You got a Grammy off that record. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Like you didn't foresee this shit. No, nah,
1: no doubt, no doubt.
0: Changed your life.
1: Yeah, that was the life changer, right? That was. That was my introduction to the real music business. To the next level. No, not to the next level. That was my introduction to the music business. But
0: you know you sound crazy. Because I, I know. Because you created hits.
1: I know, before that. Right. But, you know, it's different. It's different to, to make songs and hear them on the radio and, and, and the artists do well. And, you know, it is what it is. But it, I was part of the whole thing with L.A. I started DJing with him on tour. So we was flying in. Private shit. We was moving around. That was my real, my real run. I mean, I could say the other thing was like, I was making sh- stuff for local people. Like you know, you gotta think of it. Juice Crew. We was we was locally big, bigger than worldwide or, or nationally big. Right. As opposed to whoever was out at the time. You, you get what I'm saying? We did really well. We get good. We did good records. Right. We did good records. We did good records, but but to me, y'all are, y'all already shaped the y'all already shaped the world. Yeah, we did, but there were bigger artists than us, right? You know, on the tours, there was Houdini. Of course, you get what I'm saying. We right. we was coming up. We did our thing. Kane was the biggest one at us. Kane was Kane and Biz was like the they was next to Houdini and 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 Run DMC in them. You get what I'm saying? The right. LLs, right? 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 You right. get what I'm saying? So when I when I started producing LL, I, I already know. I'm not in I'm not in a, a dreamland. I already know who's a superstar and who's just making records. Right. There's a difference. And when I worked with LL, I worked with a superstar and that changed everything. That's crazy, man. Yeah.
0: Yo, let's go to one more uh station break and then we'll come back and wrap up this legendary interview Jill. with the legendary Jill. Marley Mall. internet. So you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show dot com. F your radio.
5: F your TV. Internet, help the combat jack show stay free by completing this short anonymous survey. It would take no more than five minutes. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of our podcast and its listeners like you. Yeah, man. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Don't say we
0: never gave you no types of flourishing.
5: $100 Amazon gift
0: card.
5: $100. We promise not to share or sell your email address. And we won't send you an email unless you win. Yep. Please go to www.com. Podsurvey.com Slash Jack Run that back again man. That's www.podsurvey P-O-D That's correct .com Slash Jack To take our survey And get a chance To win that $100 Amazon gift card $100, yo
4: yeah.
0: Yo, internet You tune into The Combat Jack Show The Combat Jack Show Dot com, man. We got Marley Marl in the building. Marley. Yep. Yep. Like you had, you know, you had such an illustrious career and it's still going, man. But I want to talk about something personal, man. Okay. What's up? You know, a couple of years ago, man, you had a heart attack. Oh yeah. How yeah. how serious was that, man?
1: It was very serious, man. I mean, I look at it like this. It's nothing like being on that bed, going up in that operating room, seeing the lights. You know, you see it on TV or you see the lights going and like, That's, that shit is real, man. And I, I always look, look and think that, wow, that could have been the last thing i seen. Right. Like the last vision of life could have been that. And, you know, I see a lot of people that didn't get past what I got through. And I just think it's a blessing that I'm still here.
0: What were you doing when, when it hit you, man? Where were you?
1: I was actually home. Um, I was having a bad day. So I went home. And looking, How, What was
0: and, going on in your day? What was so bad about your day?
1: Um, basically I was on tour a, like about a week or two before my heart attack and did a lot of lot of dates and then you know I found out that day basically that the promoter ran off with the cash oh. you know what I'm saying so I was having a bad day so I went home I was like well at least I'm gonna have so and so soon so when I get home and I got home that wasn't there and I was not feeling good so I was just stressed out so I sat, sat in the room and I told my friend I was like yo I don't really feel good She's like, well, don't go, don't go to sleep, whatever. I was like, whatever. I, was, I went, then I went back. I said, I don't feel good. Should I call an ambulance? She what said, were you well, feeling, like, man? I was feeling like I couldn't get a a, a straight breath of air. Mm. I couldn't get a, a full breath of air, full lung of air. That's what it felt like. Right. like <gasps> short breath, <gasps> and I don't have asthma, so I'm like, come on, this is crazy. I don't, you know, something. So she's like, I called the ambulance right. Next thing you know, they're there, and they take me to the to the hospital so I get to the hospital I feel okay but I wasn't feeling better and right. he's like oh you can leave you know we gave you some medicine you should be okay if anything happens come back I was like nah and something told me don't leave because I don't feel good Right. so I was like no, I'll just stay here so I just stayed in, in that room they left me in about 30 minutes later the feeling came back but it was more I was like yo go get the nurse it's coming back so she came back and she went she said, oh, she's oh he's having a heart attack and lucky it happened like the minute. When mate, you were there. When I was right there. In the hospital. In the hospital, yes. Yeah. Right. Lucky I didn't go I didn't leave. So what happened, I, my eyes was closed, I'm just hearing everything happening and I heard a doctor say, Oh, I'm doctor so and so from no, no no, I'll take him up right now. So he happened to be downstairs and took me straight into the operating room and and and, and cleared out whatever was blocking and it was just some stress stuff, you know. And but I wasn't eating right. I was right. you know, I was I was on a tour with Karis, one of them like um A few weeks before, and I was, you know, in Europe, and I was only eating KFC, not resting right, not getting rest, and I came home, and it was just crazy.
0: So how'd that change
1: you, man? Um, It changed me, to be honest, I could hear better now. Um, After my incident, I could hear much better. What do you mean, you could hear better? um, I could just, I could hear clearer now. My life, everything's clearer right now than it was before, because it was kind of blurry and staticky before my life before that. Right. It was kinda like things was just happening. I just was going with it. You know, for years and years just going with what's happening. Right. Um, but after my accident after that, I just realized that life is clearer to me now. I realized why I'm here. I was spared. Um my mission isn't complete because God didn't take me from here. Right. It was easy for me to miss a breath and not be here. So you know, he let let me stay here, so I I feel like my life is much clearer right now. I understand more.
0: Now, now what habits did you change, man? You did You, you um, did it. KFC.
1: I still eat KFC because <laughs> it, my doctor told me that it wasn't it wasn't diet that brought it. I was stressed. It was stressed. So what I did was just altered myself, and you know, my phone book is my phone phone is a little lighter now right. because I have less numbers in it, um, less peoples that I have to deal with less things that I do to. To bring stress to my but life. That's drama. Yeah, no drama in my life. No, no drama. Stress. Anything stressful is not next to me.
0: You meditate, man?
1: No, nah, I, I, I make beats and, you know, I chill. I chill and, and, be, and be alone. That's, that's you know, it's, that's cool.
0: Lighting candles when you make beats right now, man? I'm
1: burning incense. You're burning incense? Yeah. All
0: right. Massage <laughs> power. I, <would, laughs> I, I want to play this next record, man, in the next chapter of your life, man. This came out, like, the left. Like, nobody was expecting that record, man. <laughs> that record came out, and motherfuckers was like, Marley is here again. Yeah, it was crazy, because at that point... Lords of the Underground. Yeah, before, it's been 20 years now, right? Yeah, 20 years.
1: And, you know, 20 years ago, I decided to retire. I stopped making songs. I stopped producing. I stopped doing it. You know, it was like, just after the LL situation, and, you know, I, I was good. I felt like... I did what I had to do. Right, right now, I don't. You really decided to retire. I really decided I didn't want to make no more music, no more. I was ready to to, to do cheer. what? Who knows? Whatever, whatever ha- um, God had in store for me, you know. Is really.
0: is the rumor true that you married a billionaire?
1: <laughs>
0: is that true? Is that why you retired? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I leave that private and I'm sure the the family wants to keep that private. Okay. Too. <laughs> That's funny.
5: That's why the numbers got smaller <laughs> on the phone book. Now I'm putting this shit together and realizing <laughs> I had to call nobody y'all anymore. Y'all internet y'all didn't hear that. My mom got five contacts <laughs> on his phone.
1: I tell you one thing, um Wendy Williams had mentioned something like that when she was on the radio in New York. Right. And I could say that the family got very very upset because they felt for the their safety in, in these States. Right. So they didn't want to, you know, they don't got want that out there like right. that.
0: So. so anyway, your life changed uh, and you much. wanted a different life and you decided to retire.
1: I decided to chill out. Right. I decide that, you know, it's time for, um, you know, I, I did enough. I did enough. I mean, it means sometimes it's, it's, it's weird when, you know, you get to a certain point and things start changing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Things start changing. And, you know, I look at it as evolution. You know, I don't, if I had to make a certain track, a certain way to compete and live and eat, and, and I don't agree with where it went, I couldn't see myself just making music just to make money, right, making that type of music, just to be famous, just to be known and relevant in some eyes. You know what I'm saying? So I just decided to chill.
0: So So what did you see in the Lords of the Underground that made you do this?
1: Energy? I, I I seen Lords of the Underground as uh, something like a project that I never done before right. in my life. I never done like a like a a, a project with guys with such energy. The mm. shows are ridiculous. Right. You see how they tear it down, and
0: and they're good dudes, right? man. Yeah. They're Co- good dudes. And they was
1: from college too. College right. dudes. You know, it was a little different from what I was dealing with because I was dealing with a lot of street mentality. A lot of people with would like. Um, they think they're gonna be famous. Uh, you know, everybody's chasing a dream. You know, everybody got visions of grandeur. Niggas,
0: you was dealing with niggas, and, and you know, it was it was it was kind of. Cool.
1: <laughs> I used to. Like, <laughs> so, so it was it was kind of different. You know, dealing with some college dudes. You know, right? They was in college. They, they had to do they tests around around. Songs you, oh they you know had to they saying? had to change yeah, yeah. their schedule yeah, around yeah, yeah. putting so, the
0: record and you and you
1: thought you thought that was whole it was wholesome it, it was, was it was pretty cool right it was, it was different you know uh, all the experience I had like that was with Master Ace with Cold Chillin' back in the day he was like he was in college and when he got with Cold Chillin' they already had like Big Daddy Kane they had they had such a big big roster already that he just came into some bullshit right right, know, right unfortunately
0: right now this record was a was a hit oh yeah and it's it's amazing because you know, going back, going going forward a little bit, you ended up being on this classic album inadvertently two times. Mm-hmm. You was on <laughs> Big, you know, on on the Notorious B.I.G.'s "Ready to Die" right twice. You right. know, Machine Gun Funk, which That's is right. actually like quietly my favorite record. Wow, on "Ready to Die" because it's so haunting. You know yeah, what I'm saying?
1: Definitely, we got writers on that for sure.
0: Right, and then <laughs> you know, on "Juicy," the very first single where. Did, did you expect that to, to for B.I.G. to reference your name?
1: Yo, the funny thing is I had met him just one time before I heard that record. And when I first heard the record, I heard it through P. Rock. I heard P. Rock's remix. He brought me the remix that he did. And he's like, listen to this record. It's a new artist coming out with with Unpuffy. And so he let me hear it. And he said, Mr. Magic, Molly, Marle. And when I first heard it, it really didn't resonate what it meant right it didn't resonate that 20 years later that it still meant something right i thought it was you know a lot of people reference me in records every once in a while so all right cool i thought it would be like that but i never imagined the impact of that record how that by him saying my name threw me into a whole nother generation And then into another generation,
0: and then another generation. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's crazy because the record still plays to this day. And you know, you know, when I first heard it, I never realized that the impact that that record would make in my life.
0: And 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 it's so crazy because you know we talked about it earlier about how hip hop was always about you know getting rid of the old school Mm -hmm. and the new school, right? And here you are, you survived several schools, and then Biggie, unbeknownst to us, is actually ushering. In a new school, right, but using your name on the very first single,
1: and it's from our tree because mr C crazy You got to think about it That's I, I, right I, I had the cadences that that um you know that biggie used to talk about and some of the inside little jabs and jokes, and those were jokes that we that those was juice crew jokes, wow I, I could hear it in in biggie's rhymes that, that like
0: which 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 rhyme specifically man
1: <laughs> um for sp- specific let me see um there was something we used to always say. And then Biggie put it in a rhyme. I'm like,
0: how would he know that? Right,
1: fucking with Mr. Right, C. Right,
0: right, right. That's crazy.
1: Um, I inter- Oh, intricate plot. Okay. Yeah, when Biggie talks about an intricate plot, that was something that the Juice Crew used to always talk about. Like, yo, it's an intricate plot to keep us out of hip hop, and we always start laughing. Intricate, plot. intricate just that, plot. Just that. Just that. that. That phrase. And now I heard. I heard. Um, Biggie on one of his records talking about it was an intricate plot. I was like, now. Where would you get that from? Right, that's a Juice Crew joke. <laughs> <laughs> so he would take Mr. C. Mr. C. got that. That's C. crazy. One hundred percent. That's,
0: 100%. that's cra- so it's the twentieth anniversary, man. Of yeah. of of the Lords of the Underground, the first album.
1: Yes. What are you guys doing with that, man? Um, we got a deal with um, In Grooves. Okay. Distribution. We got the twentieth anniversary edition. It's coming in um, three volumes: volume one, two, and three. And and some of those volumes consist of the classics as well as new music. You know, everybody loves hit the Lords, it's remastered. Um, Marley Mar for all the sample junkies out there. We got the samples and the drum sounds available separate. So if you want to make your own beats, your own remixes, that's also available too. You know, I got the classic recipe series. I do it with dub spot, we break down all of the records, some of the hit records that I made and you know, I show people how we used to do it, some of the equipment that we used to do and you know, the way we would arrange these songs and we got the classic recipes. Of course, you know, those drums, those drum sounds are available, too. Right. Um, that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm um, start manufacturing and selling the drum sounds, you know, for the producers. Because, you know, rap, the music is getting a little, it's getting a little dated right now and jaded. It's no, nothing different happening. No different sounds. It's so I'm almost trying.
0: like that period it needs before it. you revitalize yeah. rap.
1: Hey, let's, let's revitalize it again. So I'm, I'm gonna have all these drum sounds available. So I'm doing drum sounds. We're doing soundtracks. Um, you, you know, I'm scoring this this movie. Um, can't forget New Jersey. It's about Jersey hip hop. A lot of people equate Jersey hip hoppers with New York, and then right. you don't realize that. Oh, that cat's from Jersey. Right. So you know, the Jersey Jersey has a lot of cats. Is that, it a documentary? or Is yes, it a documentary? Wow. Yeah, documentary. Um, What's quote, going on
0: with the Juice Crew movie, man?
1: Well, you know, at, at first I gave a, a a director a shot to to, to get some money, right, and um, and he couldn't get the money up, so we moved on. I'm talking with a few different people. Um, the Juice Crew movie, actually, I, I wouldn't call it a Juice Crew movie. I would call it um, the movie that I'm working on is a movie about me and how I probably met everybody and in my interactions with them throughout it. But so it's not going to be just a Juice Crew movie.
0: Who in a perfect world is going to play you, man? Who knows?
1: Nick Cannon or somebody? Who? Nick Cannon, I okay.
0: Know. I don't know something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm oh, your son, your son? Oh, my son
1: back here, M. Will the Shogun on his birthday. Okay. <laughs> Happy
0: birthday, man. Now you, you, now, you also mentioned, man, that you're working, like you might be working on some new music, man, like with some no doubt. like with some Action Bronsons.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I got a call from um, Action's people. They said they heard a beat, one of these beats I had, you know, I submitted some beats to Eminem. But some, for some reason, um, Action called me and said, Yo, Action people called me and said, Yo, it's a beat you gave M that. Da, 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 da. I was like, Word? Okay. So they, you know, they, he, he let me over the phone, hear what beat it was. So I got him the parts. And, you know, I'm waiting to hear what he cooked up on it. Okay. But I heard, you know, I, I know Action. I mean, come on, man.
0: You fuck with action. I right? fucks
1: with action, right. man. I fucks with him. I mean,
0: he's representing Queens properly,
1: hundred percent. Right, and he knocking niggas out off
0: stage. Ah, man. you saw that. So, <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. You saw that. <laughs> oh, I heard also that there might be a reunion with you and um and Uncle L.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we working. It's always a reunion, man. We we always in the lab, um, kind of like you know we don't let everybody know, but I could I could definitely tell you like at least every six months, every six seven months, me and LL go in the lab. And we we got a lot of unreleased material. We just you know, I, I look at LL like this. Even though he's on TV and right. he's acting, he's still like he's still going to the gym and spa. Has, you know, that's what, what kind I of it. what
0: kind of cat is LL?
1: Man? LL cool man, yeah. cool people man.
0: He always kind of uh, sparked me as this cat that definitely naturally talented, mm-hmm. definitely a hard worker, but also kind of a little weird. Blotitious? You know, like, what the blow-tick. fuck was he talking
1: about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pink cookies in the plastic bag. Yeah. yeah. He crushed crushed by building. Building. Is, is he a little weird, man? <laughs> Classic, I would say he's a little... Eccentric? Eclectic. Eclectic. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Okay. <laughs> you almost got arrested in his house.
1: What was that? No, he almost got arrested in my house. What's that?
0: Now, I heard that you almost got arrested in his guest house a week after oh. he knocked the nigga out in his house.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean we we came from the studio where I was at, I was at um at, at LL's house. Right. And we came from the studio kind of late so we get out the car, we go through the gates, we jump out the ride. Now the guest house was a little closer than the than when we got out the car from right. where he was walking and I, my my walk was a little closer so he had to walk a little further so I got to the guest house but he didn't get to the house before me to turn the alarm on.
0: Right. And so this was I, this was a week, literally a week after yeah, he, a week after he somebody beat, was intruding in his right, house and he right, knocked him right, out. Right, right, right. So, so, so was I, El talking to you about that shit? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, yo, Molly, yeah, you yeah. know I knocked him out. We, <laughs> yeah,
1: we sitting in the living room. He's like, yo, he's like, like right here.
2: He's like, yo, right here. I put his head. I had him in a headlock right here. I was like
1: looking back, uh, <laughs> and my wife came down the stairs over there. <laughs> Get his ass. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: Funny dude, yo, though. that's crazy, man. He's
1: like, yo, you know, it's bloody. This was all bloody over here. Fuck. I was like, damn. I said, but yo, but kid, what's up? What was you thinking? He's like, yo, man, I thought they was coming for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> he had a long black jacket on, man. Oh man, <laughs> funny dude. But um, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, I got to, I got to the guest house before he was able to turn the the alarm off for the complex, and all of a sudden it's went.
3: Whoop, whoop, whoop.
1: Now I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, hold up. Now I start hearing helicopters.
0: Helicopters! Because, yeah,
1: come on. It's he like, got the crazy fresh.
0: system, like, yeah, I mean. It was
1: fresh off of the. the right, week
0: right, right, before. right, Come on. Like, the LL's a 1% is right now. That's what I'm saying. So his alarm <laughs> start buzzing again. Come on. Like, I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, like, he's
5: back. There he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> said, he looks like Molly Ball. <laughs> I'm
1: like, yo, yo. Like so that's that's that, that accident, right? I'm sure I woke the whole neighborhood up.
0: That's crazy. And a, a little birdie told me, man, that you might be working with um with with Ho, with, with Jay Z, man. Hey, hey, hey. Did you hear that rumor, man? Hey, hey, hey. No doubt.
1: But we'll keep that in the wraps.
0: What? Internets. Y'all didn't hear that.
1: Y'all ain't hear at that. All. You ain't hear that yet, Marley. Man, fuck
0: that. <laughs> fuck that. You ain't working with Jay. Yo, Marley, man. <laughs> um let's go back to the juice crew, man. Okay. Um who was the most underrated mm. but, but actually before we get to that who was the most da- in your opinion because you have so many weapons in there man who was the most dangerous cat in there
1: i would say uh, my my two my two go-to danger mcs i would say would have been kuji rap and i would say kane right kuji rap and kane i mean like if it was it was battle time, or if it was like somebody I wanted to put on somebody, I would I would I would assign them somebody right. for sure. So that,
0: that's obvious for sure. But who was the most underrated?
1: The most underrated is Master Ace. Really? Yeah, Master Ace.
0: Why? Because and I, I have a lot of love for Master Ace, man. Because
1: Master Ace, Master Ace was so Master Ace. He could have been top three. And cold chilling. If he would have came at a different time, right? Because by the time he came there, they already had, they already invested in all other artists. But Master Ace was like, he was like, I, I feel bad for, for, for Master Ace, what situation he walked into when it came to cold chilling. Because he was always better than they ever knew, mm. much better, much better. He was always like a complete artist, real smart, quick. To the point, and it showed. As soon as he got off a cold chill, he went to delicious and. Mm. and oh
0: yeah yeah, get yeah, it, yeah, baby. yeah, 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 yeah. Whose yeah. <laughs> whose who's idea was it to do "Me in the Biz"?
1: Um, it was actually um, Master Ace's idea. Um, that was actually um, when I was leaving the label too. As right. you can see, that was toward the end. Um, so I wasn't producing Biz anymore. So when I produced "Me in the Biz," actually Biz didn't want to be on the record because I produced it. Right. So um, was
0: there a little tension or?
1: Um, I mean, there was tension because I wasn't I wasn't messing with any of the other all the artists right. anymore, so you know it was it was kind of tensiony. I w- I would say there was tension, and you know we did that record and we requested him to get on it, and I I believe that since I produced it, he didn't want to get on it.
0: That's fucked up, man. I mean, it's for me to yeah. look in from the outside in. Right. That's fucked up.
1: Well, you know, I mean, come on, we was young and growing up, and you know we was just starting to get money. We wasn't used to this. Right. We we definitely wasn't used to this.
0: Was the last time you spoke to Biz, man? Oh,
1: I always talked to him. Yeah, I, I, I could have talked to him like the day before yesterday. We always talking.
0: Yo, can you put this in his ear, man? That I really, really, really want to interview Biz okay. in, Man, I really want to interview. No doubt,
1: I put it out there. Thank you, man.
0: Congratulations, also, is in order, man. Like you, you, you got two spots. No, no doubt no on doubt. on on WBLS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two spots on WBLS. Yes, and from what I understand, you're number one. In both those slots, like number one on on New York radio, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that, man.
1: We're doing pretty good, you know. I, you know, my radio career all started with Mister Magic, you know, at BLS. Right. I was an intern, and then I met him, and then I got on the radio. Um, then I went from WBLS. I went to Hot ninety seven from there. And then from Hot ninety seven, I went to Power one hundred five. You know, we did pretty good over there. When I every time I you know was on the radio on every station that I went to, it was it was you know it's a hot moment, so right. it's, it's always a, a good ratings ratings peak period. You know, and then when I was over at um, I, I say at Power one hundred five, um, you know, and, and this is this is so weird. I mean, a lot of people who work in radio that worked with me at different radio stations they could contest to this that that you know I used to be in these other radio stations. You know, started back in hot 97 back in the day. You know, it used to be program directors that come work in New York and they look at me and say, "Yeah, BLS ain't nothing right now." Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, heritage means nothing here. You they looking at shitting me. Shitting on BLS. Shitting on BLS in my face all day. So I had to just, you know, I'm working over there. I, I put up with it. So I get the next job. So now I go over to Power on now. Program directors come. I won't say no names, I don't right. say. Yeah, heritage means nothing in the
0: city. BLS ain't shit. That. Remember they used to be this, but look at their numbers now. I'm like Sounds like a white dude Is that a white dude voice? Nah, nah,
1: nah. It was it was one of nah. the brothers. Ugh. But then I'm like, I'm like, wow, you know, there's like just just tearing it down. I'm right. like, you know. that's the fucking problem though. But check it out. Now I'm sitting there like, you know, I'm doing pretty good over here. You know, I'm I'm coming I'm coming toward I I'm looking at like at my age, I'm coming toward like the end of a lot of things. Right. You know, I'm not going to do radio forever. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, look, well, let me go back over there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it's not doing so well. So let me go back over there and kind of help help it out, because that's where I started as an intern. Now, anybody that ever worked at that radio station and worked with me at any other radio station I spoke about, they know this is true. Mm. They're going to say, hell yeah, they used to diss that spot. Everybody will tell you. But I went back and we put in work. I mean, I want to bring that essence back. You got to think about it. 4 years ago, our genre, our age bracket was forgotten about. Right. You got to clear, clear out the back. Come on, let's not let's not forget so quick. 4 years ago, 35 55 was forgotten about. Right. It was like a, it was like who that? Y'all never existed. Who that? Old mouth niggas. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. But we but 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 them old mouth niggas got all the cars, right? Got all the houses. The kids is not in col- co- college, yeah, going yeah. to college or they just out getting house. out of college. Right. They out the house right now. So why are you not spoon feeding that market? It's money over it's there. A lot it? of money in that market. It's a lot of money. They right. forgot right. because you know what? Everybody was chasing high 90s. right? They chasing the millennials, They're chasing the
0: kids, right?
1: And them kids ain't spending no money.
0: They got, yo, they, they got... Not right now. The economy's fucked up. For they you got vodka
1: kids. commercials over there for 15 years old. Yeah, exactly. So come on. they not spending <laughs> no money over there. All right? So we got forgotten about completely. Right. So I went, let me... You know, my cousin Derek, Derek Jackson, he said to me one day, he said, yo, Marley Marl, man. You Marley fucking Marl, man. Stop trying to be the newest nigga on the block. Do that Marley mall shit. Mm. That's what we need you for, man. Mm. Don't try to be the next... New hot producer on the block. Stop trying to so-and-so song. Do that Marley Mall shit. I went home and thought about it. Marley on the beat. Like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I fucked around and went went back. Then went back to BLS and started doing that Marley Mall shit. Next thing you know, boom. We we, we go from 18 to to 12. Mm. Then we go from 12 to 15. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, we start moving. Right. Then we go, then we start moving back and forth. The needle's moving. Yes, moving, moving back and forth. Right. Now we shoot up to eight. Eight. Now, next thing you know, we're number five. Number five. Next thing you know,
0: we're number two. Right number under, two. Right under Light of a Fraction. In New York City. In New York City. Number the one market. The hardest market. In the world. To be in. Yo, give this man a round of applause, man. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm glad you said that, man, because I think it's so important, man, you know not only for us older cats, but for the younger cats, man, to realize, man, like don't – like you standing on a foundation. The foundation right now over the past several years has been kind of weak, but the foundation underneath that is strong. That's why I do this show, man. No doubt. Like
5: Don't forget the foundation, man. You got to respect the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. That's why some of these cats, like we were talking earlier – they're coming up with the Molly Mall names.
0: They got Molly Mall niggas running uh, around like, with the, the like, Molly Mall names. Like, right Molly, now. Like, like, <laughs> like, like,
5: how do you not do your homework before you want to call yourself Molly Mall? Mall. They
0: got cats running around with their names are Marley Mall.
5: That's I heard.
1: I heard about. It. I hear about it. But you know, it's like it's it's kind of weird because when I hear about it, first thing I do, I check their age, right. see if their mama's trying to get slick. See if I've been through that town.
0: <laughs> See if you drop a seat in it, <laughs> <laughs> Try to get a nut and you got a nut yeah, in. I don't know. First shit. thing I do is check the date. Molly was nasty like that? No, that was a bad time in the <laughs> 80s. You know, come on. Your son is here, so I, know. I know, but, <laughs> but you come put, on, it, 80s? put it down. 80s, come go. on, 80s. Little Molly, how many brothers and sisters you got out there? Yeah. Molly's
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> son is in the studio, man. No, but dead ass, though. You know, but I'm looking at it like, you know, don't you know? Right. Like, Like, are we that uneducated? Did we uneducate our kids and our people that much where they feel that it's like open season to take names? Like, did somebody take Michael Jackson's name? Did somebody take, um, you know, Michael Jordan's name? Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, Wonder, singer.
0: Cats are still alive. Right. Like, how could you be a singer? Whitney
1: Houston. Right. Like, how could you be a singer? (laughs) My name is Young Miles Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least you put Young in front right, of Right, 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 right. So I could get with that, but come on, man. Same spelling, everything. Some, some and Have you cases. reached out to cats, or? Well, I'm about to start... Telling out some seasoned desisters yeah, on yeah. this because it's, it's getting out of hand. I mean, somebody's
5: Molly Mall DJ or a producer or a club promoter or who knows? I mean, I think it's a, a por- nasty ass club promoter, yeah, a fucking porno star. It's a porno Mo- star, Molly Mall porno. It's a, Mar porno, a star. porno star. <laughs> Yo this motherfucking Molly Mall porno, porno. I don't look at him. But I'm, Have you seen? I was him? looking at the girl. He was smashed Does he look like Molly? <laughs> nah, he don't look like him. <laughs> is he black? <laughs> <laughs> is he Mexican? What is he? B. See
0: that? That's <laughs> why you got to. Defend the Tritos. Call <laughs> well, up. There's a poor nigga named Molly Ma. and they reach out to you, Molly, the Yo, game
5: is know, all fucked got, up. They don't Your get residuals was, on vivid video. Believe that. The
0: game is all fucked up, kid. It's all fucked
5: up, man. Come
1: on, man. And you know what? It's no rules, man. It's no rules. That's just what it is. But when it comes to that, I mean, I'm going to have to start talking with my lawyer about this. Nah,
3: get out of hand. I'm
1: starting to get calls talking about it's a beat you sent me two years ago. Nah, man. Put the wolves. on them. I'm not sending them. beats out. Put the wolves on them. Come uh, on. I'm put, sure a lot of these people are living off off of the fact
0: that the people think that it's me
3: originally. Right Now, nah, put mm. the
1: wolves
0: on them. Put that shit okay,
1: to right, put I'm, rest, I'm going to do
3: that. I'm
0: going to
1: have to talk, call my lawyer on that one. I'm Last not, thing, man.
0: Years ago, you gave an interview, a, a great interview with uh, Ego Trip. Uh-huh. And you were talking about, you know- all the other producers, we started this interview talking about how other producers get such acclaim, mm-hmm. like the Dr. Dre's and the whole nine, and you mm-hmm. said you felt at the time that the only reason, the main reason you really didn't get to show the world your full potential at that time is because you didn't have a label behind you. Like you said that Dr. Dre had a Sug and a Death Row mm-hmm. and the Jermaine Dupree's had their labels, but you never really had that label. Right. Talk on that, man. Yeah, I
1: never, you know, that's one thing I could say that's kind of kind of crazy about the ride. I mean, because even, you got to look at the point. Even with the success of Mama Said Knock You Out, now I know for sure that was a concrete part in the Def Jam system.
0: Oh, it helped revive them.
1: It also gave them the opportunity to give everybody labels after that. Right. Rush Associated Labels came after. Right. Mama said, "Knock
0: you out." Master J had a label and Afros and, and Afros and all types and of crazy ballheads right. and everybody. Badliners. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
1: well, they gave Afro niggas <laughs> labels, ballhead niggas, everybody, <laughs> everybody had labels except that. for me. Right. So I really felt that. Were you going for that? I would have loved to have done that. Right. Why not? Everybody else did so I I know that and you had the training for
0: that because a lot of producers got labels and didn't know how to manage that shit
1: no doubt I think um, it was that was part of the we ain't fucking with Marley shit right you you know we're not fucking with him so that's basically what it was yo Rush
0: that's fucked up man
1: (laughs) it ain't his fault man nah but you know we.
0: Rush been on the show Rush Rush is listening that's fucked up Rush it ain't ain't your fault fault, but that's fucked up you let that shit happen B now Rush is a businessman yeah
1: you know a business, so a But if you had your label, man. Yeah, probably, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think, you got to look at like how, how Dre saved the West Coast. Yes. That probably would have saved the East Coast. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I see the Diddy runs and everything else that came a little after, which was cool, but they was kind of like mimicking what we were doing. Right. Using a lot of our tracks. Like, look at it, the Trackmaster run and Diddy run. They just went back and took all of our stuff. And used all our tracks. Even the first Mary album is 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 Biz album with right. music on it. Exactly. Every beat from Bismarcky album is on Mary first album. Wow. With music on it. That's crazy. So
0: yeah the Marley the Marley the Marley sound is all over. What's the nine one one?
1: Of course. So all over that shit. Of course. So I, I figure that if if we did that Russia so- associated label situation with them, I believe that that could have basically saved the East Coast. The same way Dre saved the West Coast, right? And you know what I like about the West Coast is they never, they never stopped loving Dre. There was never that much hatred, you know. Even though with the trials and tribulations, they say this about him, that about him, they still loved him enough to let him be the controller of the sound for the coast, right? The same way Marley Marl was the sound for the East Coast,
0: engineer of the, the uh, yeah the 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 engineer of the engineer sound, for the sound of- yeah, yeah.
1: So they never let that go away. And you know that's why they supported him to the to to the day, and you know that's why it keeps going. I think on the East Coast over here, we better learn a little more unity because I'm seeing it slip away more and more. And once it gets, past it didn't already slip point, away. No, I mean, as long as there's talent, right? There's hope, right? I always say that. So if there's talented people out there, and you know, there's talent there's hope, I don't think it slipped slipped away completely. Because let me tell you. When I go to L.A. and I listen to the radio, I hear boom bap on the radio. Right, bro, right, That right, shit right, from right. out there.
0: You hear the shit over there that they're right. saying over here right. that they can't play right. because of the spins and the whole nine. hundred percent.
1: I'm hearing more of that. I'm hearing more of our music out in L.A. and other states. So New York and East Coast ain't really dead Stop like Stop chasing that.
0: them, New York. Yeah. Stop chasing yeah.
1: them. But you know what's happening? New York is only hearing outside of New York. Here in New York, so they're chasing outside. It's confusing because when you go out of the state, you hear more New York out of the state than you hear when you hear. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know why? Because the programmers here are not from here, and they don't know how to touch New Yorkers, what, what New Yorkers and the people over here grew up on and love, and what's in their heart. So they're forcing there what's dope to where they come from. They're forcing that on us. So that's, in a sense, making us feel that we're not dope as we really are.
0: Molly Maul over here talking all his wisdom like he's not firing shots, but my nigga's firing shots! Bow! Bow, 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 yeah. bow, bow! Yo, listen, man. Shit. Molly Maul, you got a show coming up on June 28th at the Barkley yes. Center? Yes. Um,
1: new edition. New Johnny edition. Johnny We're opening for new edition, Johnny Gill. Um, Bobby whole, Brown's going to be Bobby there? Bobby Brown. Bobby's going to be Bell, there? Bill Uh-oh. DeVoe.
0: June 29th, June 29th the 29th at the Barclays
1: June, June 29th at the Barclays opening up I'm opening up um, not as a DJ as an artist okay we're gonna do it up big
0: what, what you mean as an
1: artist I'm, I'm opening up the show
0: about to tear it down we're gonna tear it down I need, tear, I need to come there I could walk to, I could walk to Barclays we're now. gonna need to tear be
1: there. Brooklyn down we're gonna make we're gonna make Brooklyn proud that Marley Mall's from New York and he's on that stage repping for the for the region that's beautiful man no doubt any regrets Marley no regrets you know um if i could do it over again um i probably wouldn't have took the tour that led into my heart attack right. But, <laughs> but other than that everything's good i mean like i said god already he, he wrote out what he wants me here for I'm, i maybe i'm not here to for other reasons that people see me right here for i'm here for why god wants me to be here and i'm fulfilling everything he wants
0: and molly you look happy man
1: i'm very happy stress-free
0: I'm glad you're happy, Stress man.
1: Free. See, see my smooth skin. Yep, that's that. That's me.
0: Molly, Molly, Molly got the the young look on his face. he that. Got, free, the free, <laughs> got the good lotion. Got the yes, good lotion. That expensive shit. <laughs> Before we wrap the show up, man, we got a we got a call from, a, from our from our, from from member Just Blaze in the building. The cheat code. Yeah. Just Blaze got a question for the legendary Marley Maul. What up, Just? Yo, Marley, What up, uncle? What up, baby? How you, man?
2: I'm good, man. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain at all. I'm just out here on the road. wanted to check in with my with my Combat Jack family and one of my idols, all time Idols all, the of Lush Paul. I had a question for you, Big Brother.
1: What you got? What you got, baby? Well,
2: you know, it's 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 interesting. Us as producers, um, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand what exactly it is that we do even to this day and age a lot of times people think that the producer is the guy who makes the beat or the guy who pushes the buttons in the studio they don't really know you know and i yeah. think that part of that confusion is is actually something that came about at least in terms of hip-hop it came about in, in your era you kind of spawned it because you were the first recognizable hip-hop producer per se you know what gotcha. I mean like you know before you nobody really cared who made a beat or who was in the studio it, you know there's a lot of for that you were one of the first engineers or and um and producers to really be shouted out on records which today is very commonplace. and over the years what's happened is you know what I've seen is people have come back and said
3: oh well I really made that beat because I gave him out the record you know or <laughs> well,
2: I really I'm the one who gave him the loop uh, you know, but I didn't know how to work the drum machine. So, my question to you is more so, what was that process really like back then when you had dudes coming to you and bringing you records, but not, but not knowing what to do with them? You know, like, was it really a thing where you were just grouping up records? Because I, I, I know you were, you know what I mean? But I feel like that's something that I've never seen you really talk about right. in terms of that creative process with all the different creative members of the Choose Group.
1: Well, basically, it's like this. You know, it and I know that the producer is the person that 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 coaches the the artist, that puts the beats on. Um, you know, it's, it's not it's not only just making a beat. It's like you're producing a track. You you're telling how to how the chorus is supposed to be. You are stacking the choruses up. It's your idea how the chorus sound. So uh, uh, you know, if, if I was staff producer on Cold Chill and stuff back in the day. Yeah, artists like Kane would say, Yeah, I want to use, I'll take you there, but it's on me to put the flavor. You, you get what I'm saying? It's like my flavor. That's what I'm saying. They're like you, oh, People would come to you all day and say, Yo, I want to use so and so, so and so, but you the one on the drum machine bringing it, popping it off, making it what it is. So somebody could tell you all day, Yo, I want to use this, I want to use that. But uh, if five different people do it, it's going to be five different ways. Exactly. So the person touching the boards, touching the drum machine, putting the choruses together, stacking the choruses, and telling the artist how to do the vocals, that's most likely the producer, not the beat maker.
2: Exactly. Like, cool, well, yeah. I, mean, I, just, I just kind of wanted to get that clarified on
1: air. You know? Oh, yeah, and, no
0: I, doubt. I, I, I feel like. That's never really. I,
2: I've read that over the years a bunch of times, and I've never really heard just how the story. Not, I know, but the average
3: person doesn't
1: know what the producer does. You know, right. a lot of times
3: people, and the I look at. Comes in, it
1: makes a beat. And check it out. I look at it like this too. If if it wasn't produced by the person, uh, like like for the songs for like the Cold Chillin' era stuff, if if a song wasn't produced by me, you see how it sounds after I left the label. No. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say is you see how once certain
1: people are already trying to start trying to produce themselves, right? Right. So that's what I always, I always, I always leaned on that. I never really cared about you know anybody saying, oh, oh, maybe he didn't do this. Maybe, yo, dude, I made every beat, every beat, (laughs) every beat's consistent with the last one. You know, once the consistency goes away, you know that it's a different producer. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. you know,
2: the cold chilling label didn't have that, that thought. So, you know, we, we knew where it was coming from. People like me knew where it was coming from. I just wanted to clarify
1: that to the world a little bit. No doubt, no doubt. Great, great question, man. No
2: doubt, man. So it's all love. I got to run. I got to get ready for this show. I'm out here in DC. But, um, y'all stay up. Give the to talk y'all as always, and I'll be with you in a minute. Y'all, no right, no Chico. Doubt.
0: Be good, Peace man. Job. Be safe, my dude. Love ya. y'all? Later, brother. Yo, Marley, man, thank you so much, man. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Man. I mean, this game owes you so much, man, and it's such an honor to, to have you. I'm not even it's bullshit, dope, man. man. It's man. It's such an honor to have you here, man, and, and anything I could do, man, to help you continue to remind these young savages, man, to never forget your legacy, man. Oh, no doubt. You got an open-door policy with me. Anything you want to push, anything you want to market, anything, you, even if you just want to come by and say whatever the fuck you want to say, Marley.
1: That's what's up, man. Thank right?
0: you, man, and, and long live Molly Marley, Marley. Internets, you know what it is? it's the combat jack so dream Chill. those dreams and then man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and right. surround sound bitches blaw, blah
1: blah stereo cheer
3: Nominato